They have to. They'll come. Oh, they Victor. I'm sorry. What is the plan? How will they come? Listen. Darrow! Darrow of Lycos, come out! You must decide what you are in the end, Darrow. Will you come out like a man? Or must we dig you out like a rat from a cave? It's like this! Darrow? You cannot escape! The shield is up! Sky blocked! No ships can come from beyond to retrieve you! Accept your fate! What, dissection? Is that what you think I deserve? You're a terrorist. What rights you've had, you've given up. Rights? To pull my wife's feet? To watch my father die? What gives you the right to take them? There is no debate here! You are a terrorist, and you must be brought to justice! Then why are you talking with me, bloody damn hypocrite? Because Darrow honor still matters. His honor that echoes. He's going to jump! Darrow? Don't? You think you're honorable? You think you're good? Who is left that you love? Who do you fight for? You are alone, Cassius, but I am not. Not when I faced your brother in the passage. Not when I hid among you. Not when I lay in darkness. Not even now. Listen to the wind, Cassius. <laughs> Listen to the bloody damn wind. <laughs> I wouldn't expect a gold to know the sound of a claw drill. <laughs> Goodbye, Cassius. Expect me. Adjustments to dilithium crystal chamber complete. Pre-recorded in a second floor guest room filled with tall ales and taller tales. Join a group of grown men intent on discussing the intricacies of fantasy and science fiction. Tim Gilbert Media presents... Don't just let me! Hello, all you fans of unprotected space vacuum adventures. This is the Dungeons and Dweebs podcast. Episode 11, Morningstar, Part 1. But unlike the catatonic, force-wielding rebel matron from a galaxy far, far away, the embolic airheads we're reading about have more in common with the poppin' fresh doughboy than with Mary Poppins. <laughs> I'm your host, Bob. If your razor has etchings of your family engaged in mid-20th century holiday ritual, then you have less brains than a wad of butt-lit. Jade Egg Terrorist, Abyss Walker the 13th. But I'm not alone. Across the table from me, he's crispy on the edges and bloody down the middle. He has been known to wear a rib cage as a corset while singing Big Man on Mulberry Street by Billy Joel. He's Luke. I don't even know why I planned to say anything. Like, it's just, as soon as you hit me with that, it's gone. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. I Give me a minute here. Wow. Okay. We are on the third book of the Red Rising trilogy, Morning Star by Pierce Brown. 
Oh, I gotta take a breath. Bob, you, <laughs> you, you right. done something to me. Let's, let's kick this thing off right away. Two mile left. He knows the way. It's Klopp. <laughs> Good morrow, my low colored wildlings. Uncle Klopp has put on his one piece belted snowsuit and rode his sleg dog to the studio today. We've come to get another long winter. Skaters have been on the ice, and hallelujah, the Blackhawks lost last night. <laughs> I looked out my window today to see two obsidians making love through the wind gusts as a giant undead polar bear watched them in fascination. Oh, what? He's mixing so many fan fictions <laughs> together, I don't know how to handle this. Across the table from me, tonight he looks like a strange, nerdy Hunter S. Thompson. He's too young to know the sweet taste of Ecto Cooler and Cheetos while sitting on the basement floor playing Contra on a console TV. The short round to my Dr. Jones. <laughs> Neil, how are you? Oh, I am feeling much better after that intro. And despite the fact that I am in this wonderful 80s attire, it's all part of my master plan, going back to episode, the first one I appeared on, of my takeover. I figure if I dress like you two, I have a much better chance of getting towards the takeover Oh moment. my goodness. I, I will restate my previous statement. <laughs> I have, Sounds familiar. You tell my... D&D character that so many times, <laughs> too. Oh, man. Neil, you walked in here wearing that, and I, I just asked you, that that shirt looks like it was barfed out of the 80s. <laughs> it is fantastic. It is. I believe a picture of this is going up yeah, on sorry, Facebook. Yeah, sorry yeah. I took a picture of it. This yeah. is going up for sure. Target for sure. is a wonderful place. I will just say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are starting on the road to the end here. Uh, the third yeah. book in the trilogy, Morning Star by Pierce Brown. The first two books have... Uh, really, I think all of us unanimously, we have yeah. really liked them. We've had a, a couple quibbles, some issues, but for the most part, this mm -hmm. has been a really strong series. But Luke, previous series, you have said yes. the end of a trilogy can make or break your it feelings. It can, and you know what? Um, we coming into this, this was like I, I brought this book to you guys. I was a big fan of the first book, but I never really made it through the second book. Mm -hmm. If I'm gonna say, you know, just bold statement right away, I'm already liking the third book more than the second book. Mm, it wow. is just, but I'm only halfway through the third book. Um, make a note of that. We're kind of going the same way I did last time where right. I've only read up until the point we're going to stop recording. Right. So from here, listeners know fresh. that uh, that Neil and I have both read, finished reading the book mm -hmm. and, and you and Luke and Klob, you're you're both halfway through. Correct. Go so, through uh, this only through this podcast. Right. And, and this only through this this transmission. Yeah. So that the way, when we're talking Ooh. about things, uh, it's good to know that that mm -hmm. we're both uh, Neil and I are coming from a point of knowing what's coming, and you guys are saying things uh, not sure of where things. And are you, have, have you read this one before? I had yes, and this you, was my second read through. Oh, you did yeah. finish it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. I'm good to go. What about? And, then, and kind of like you, Luke, I had read the first two. Mm -hmm. And then uh, sometimes trilogies, I'll tire of a trilogy and not just push through to the end of it. And mm -hmm. I'll just kind of like leave it savoring off in the distance. And that's that's what I did. And by the time I was kind of coming around to finishing up and reading Morningstar, we had started talking about the podcast and had other books on the line. And I knew we were coming to it. So yes. I never read Morningstar until now. Well, and I'll talk about this a little bit when we get fully into Morningstar. I had a hard time starting this one. Mm. With every, with the 85 other things that I have going mm -hmm. on, uh, I had a hard time making, what, for Forcing myself to make time to start it. Right, right. 
And and let's let's and not like it's a it's a huge thing, but it does sometimes register on people's radar. These books have been getting slightly larger as we've been going along, and Morningstar is the largest of the three. Yeah, and what rumor has it, Iron Gold is even larger. Iron Gold is much larger. I believe it's seven hundred something. I should really have Amazon up to look. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Brown, what are you doing, man? <laughs> I need wonderful things. Don't you dare say. I mean, you, you are right. You are right. Um, yeah, yeah. But hey, should we? We can keep. You know, just discussing this vaguely, or we can actually dive into this thing. Right. Hey, before we do that, though, I need another drink. I need to check in on the hockey game, and let's go sit by the fire. Hey, the, I, I, good it's cold. You know what? Yeah. It's, really it's been a while. I got this round, boys. Let's right. go. Thanks. Hey, we don't serve there. Do you have any blue milk? Well, what am I supposed to find in it? Oh my goodness! It's bigger on the inside. I want to go to Taki Station. It's a power converters. Okay, okay, it's not a detonator. It's just a jammy dodger. What would be, boys? Tever talk. All right. Well, we're here, cozied up around the fire. It is. It is a cold northern winter out there. I can feel the wind howling against the leaded glass windows. But <laughs> winter has come. Uh, I guess. Luke, so. Luke, what's so? What's new in your uh, nerd universe? Uh, new in my nerd universe. You know, I uh, last episode, episode ten, uh, I had discussed that. The new season of Travelers was coming out on Netflix. Uh, mm. Sat down, binged it. Um, <laughs> and I, no spoilers here. The only thing I'm going to say is I'm kind of, it's feeling very formulaic and I'm kind of starting to lose interest oh. in it. Oh, oh no. Uh, and you know, I, it's, it's a show about time travel. I love time travel. I've been having a lot of fun watching up until like, it was really, honestly, it was like the last like 10 minutes of the last episode. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? No. The end of the last season was just like that. And I'm just, I'm not a fan of the fact I have to wait a year oh, probably right. for the First next season. Problems. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I, I 2000s problems. I don't know about our mm. 80s people. What do they think about that sort of thing? <laughs> right. Well, you, guys, you guys never bought a box set of VHSs, sat down and just watched it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> When's Last Crusade coming out? <laughs> hey, I had the bo- I had the original trilogy box set. Yep. I had the original Die Hard trilogy box. Oh set. yeah, no, and I had the original Star Wars box yep. set. I had that. I, Star- I had that Star Wars. Box I had that Star Wars VHS box set too. And I remember, I remember there was a Suncoast Pictures in the mall. Oh God, that, Suncoast Pictures. Yeah, that was. And I remember go and just lusting over that box. I'm like, because I had them individually, but there was this box set oh, okay. where the flaps opened up on the side and yes. everything. Yeah. And I'd look at that, I'm like, oh, but I think it was like $80, $90. It was something crazy. But I, yeah, I think I found it for much cheaper. I, mean, that, yeah, that's, that's what, I, don't, I don't remember how much VHS is. But can for. you imagine paying nowadays $80, $90 for v- three VHS? I saw Star Wars. I paid $90 <laughs> for the complete uh, Blu ray. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, Six it, on Blu ray. That's what I'm saying. It, it's kind of staying level. Mm. You know, as far as price point, I you're going to always pay 80 bucks for yeah, these I movies. I can't remember what I was looking at. It must have been like uh, all six Star Wars on Blu ray. Yep. It's that's 90. what I have yeah, is it's 90 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it was like eighty-five or or eighty-two ninety-six or something at Walmart. Well, you can buy the Star Wars VHS trilogy for eight bucks on eBay. Uh, <laughs> eight bucks. 80. I was gonna say. I mean, you don't need to buy it for eight bucks on eBay. eBay. I have cool. two out of three in the other room. Was, yeah, yeah, the originals too. The, VH, hey, the yeah. VHS tapes themselves are eight bucks on eBay. <laughs> However. 
the VCR is now ninety dollars. <laughs> <laughs> a functioning VCR. Yeah. Although I, I, I'll have to say I have toyed around with finding the laser discs and buying the laser discs of Ooh. the original trilogy just to have them because uh, they're untouched. They're, yes. They mm. have no. They have none of the extra. Mm. You know, pre nineties stuff. On shot, all of that stuff. Yeah. shot first. Uh, what Jabba was just a fat guy in a suit. He wasn't even a. a <laughs> no, they, that, was that, that, that was never released. Yeah, that was never released. That was a really? cut scene. That's a cut oh, scene. That was a full. That that scene was fully cut from the from the original. Oh, yeah. you know what? You know I'm thinking of I, on. I must have the uh, like the the. the, it's the re, it was the re-release. Yeah, the re-release yep. where uh, like it's every movie starts with Lucas and the. That's yeah. that's, that's that's what the, the box of. that you have is yeah the, those re- remasters that I, I, the original trilogy one last time that was yeah. the whole marketing for that mm-hmm. is it's the last time you'll be able to get the original. Yeah. No, I, I have but I lies. Have the, lies they I, I had it on the, uh, a DVD uh, like in the early yeah, thousands. No kidding. Yeah. I have the yeah the black um, boxed yep. I have VHSs and then the gold re-release. Yep, yep. that's what I have. Um, yep. Anyway, it, it hasn't just been all travelers. Um, something I'm just I've been kind of gearing up towards. I, I I drop subtle hints on it in my tweets and things I say on the show and pictures of the shirts I wear. Uh, I'm a huge Critical Role fan. Uh, mm-hmm. This uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, a show where a bunch of nerdy voice actors sit around and play Dungeons and Dragons. Thanks, <laughs> nice um, Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, the new campaign starts tonight, um, and I've been tr- trying desperately to catch up. And Neil, I know you're caught up, and you're hoping we get out of here in time that you can catch the live broadcast. Oh, we are going to make it out in time. <laughs> gonna, well, we are live broadcast. Uh, well, for nine? our time, it's nine. Okay. Yes. Oh, we've got so time. we've got plenty of time here. Plenty of time. I say that now, but once we it's get us. going, so it is it's us. Dungeons and Dweebs. The Dungeons and Dweebs promises we will talk a lot about nothing. <laughs> What's the title of the opening chapter? Are we going to talk about <laughs> we'll get, we'll get Bo or Bauer? <laughs> in defense, there was reasons oh, for that. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, but, that's just, that's where I'm, I've been plowing through Critical Role, um, trying to catch up, just, and it's been good. I took a little break from it. It's 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 a lot of show to watch. Yes. Uh, three hour episodes over, what, 115, 115 oh, Wow. It's, it's oh. crazy how you can just get sucked into this, though. Oh. Yeah. Highly recommend if you are a nerd, a Dungeons & Dragons fan, or if you are... You know, looking to get into Dungeons and Dragons. I just started playing D and D when I started watching this, and man, it was just—it was such an inspiration. It's not only an inspiration for like playing D and D, but also for like the voice acting we do on the show. Mm. A lot of the accents I do, a lot of the tricks I've picked up are from that. Mm. All, watching like you know what ten voice actors plus with guest ten stars, plus yeah, man, these yeah. the talent they have on the table is insane. But hey, I've rambled on enough. Club, how's your um, nerd month week? Actually, it's been pretty decent. I'm finally about halfway through right now of getting caught up on last season's Game of Thrones. Oh. Um, hence why I kept throwing in wildlings and undead polar bears. And, uh, <laughs> oh, really, yeah. Really, yeah, yeah, okay. really, into, really into it so far. Uh, I may have stayed up too late because they keep... That's the thing with a lot of these series is they keep ending on cliffhangers. Uh. So you're like... I can't stop. <laughs> Just one more. Just one more. Right. The other thing that I've been doing, yeah. and I've talked about it on the on the show before, is I have a ten year old, so we're super big into Legos. Yeah. And so he got the eleven inch tall build your own Chewy, which is yeah. absolute. It's like one hundred forty six pieces. Oh, it's cool. absolutely awesome. Uh, we also got. I say we. <laughs> we also got. Yeah, you buy yourself. I yeah. <laughs> the four hundred and sixty piece. Milano for that Guardians so of the Galaxy. That was so cool. You sent out a picture of it to us. Oh, You're yeah. arguing about what you were going to buy. Exactly. <laughs> it was so, it's very, very cool. There's even a teeny, tiny little baby Groot. 
and he's small. Oh, that, that is awesome. The one thing I will say is Lego messed up. Oh. Lego messed up with the Milano, and the reason the thing they messed up with the Milano is they give you Nebula, but they don't give you Rocket. What? what? Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Try right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right there. Huh. But very cool well, doing you, you, that. You need a bad guy to attack the ship. Well, oh, yeah. well the, it, it, <laughs> yeah. it, comes, it comes with the Analyx. Or, excuse not the Analyx, the Abelisk. Abelisk, okay. It comes with the Abelisk from the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Okay, okay. And so you... Well, cool. and is, maybe it's you a repackage. Is it a repackage? Him. Maybe they issued it for the first movie with Rocket. I don't know. And maybe now for the second one, they kind of just read the figures. But very know. cool. I'm always in awe how detailed Legos have gotten. Oh, oh Legos are yeah. amazing for when we were kids. And they were detailed when we were pretty young. Exactly. But and so yeah, that's what I it is. I'm and to smash. If I could smash those two things together, if <laughs> I could find it out there, or if listeners, if you have some suggestions or some links to send to us, if I could find Game of Thrones Legos. <laughs> We talked about this off air. <laughs> I know. I want Game of Thrones Legos. I want to build the dragon. I want to build a couple, you know, a couple of the Ironborn ships. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Exactly, right? I didn't even think about ships, man. Yeah. And so going to build the wall. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> build the wall in Castle Black. They, they the did all of the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So, I mean, they, there wouldn't be much tweaking on those Lego sets to do this. Well, I don't feel that the, child, the childlike <laughs> age demographic is there. Sure. Go on Amazon. Go on Amazon. Oh, it's on quick. Amazon, of course. They it have is. them on Amazon. It's some custom made order, but it's now uh, cloud yeah. check. Speaking of, you know, like money type things, do you have enough? How much to 159 <laughs> for what nine figures? For just the figures, not even a set. Admittedly, custom made here. Okay. This is the thing okay. that they do throw on there. But well, yeah, but so when yeah. you talk about Lego yeah, custom made, they're just swapping out heads and and. Oh, they well, it's like they did some painting. Yeah, they did some painting, too, but yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think maybe three printed bigger. something. Yeah, but they're throwing they in. Might. They're just throwing in chickens and dogs there too. I see. Well, hey, there's a reason for the chickens <laughs> and dogs. <laughs> True. There are reasons. So yeah, so that's what I've been doing. Um, Bob, what have you been up to? Well, um, I guess we kind of have a tandem thing in a in a way, right, Neil? Where we're going to talk about Ready Player One. That is true. Yes. Yeah, so it's part of my winter break reading. Yes. So um, let's just kind of talk about let's talk about Ready Player One because um, it's kind of hitting right now. Theaters are it's going to be it's arriving be, in theaters yeah. uh, shortly. The the movie version of it, and I it was one of those things that I had been meaning to read and hadn't, uh, and then we had gone to see Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and the mm. trailer for it was on the beginning. And uh, I knew that you were reading it or had read it. Yeah, I'd read it and talked about it just before just you before. had started, actually. And I know almost, you, had, yeah. you had said you really liked it. I've been hearing from other people that it was a really good book, so it was on my radar screen. And then watching the trailer, uh, man. It seemed the same as what I no, was expecting. No, I, I said, boy, this trailer looks awful. Like, yeah. this, this, this movie does not look good. And... It actually made me read the book. I went onto Amazon, really? lo- looked at the looked. That was your yeah. Looked at the uh, the kind of the uh, the reviews on Amazon. People were talking about how if you're a child of the '80s, this is the book for you and everything. I'm like, well, I've got to read this book. Mm. So I got it and and finished reading it uh, last night. Loved the book. Absolutely, uh, absolutely loved Ready Player One. Um, but that leaves me with questions for what am I seeing in the trailers? Because yeah. the trailers the, this was, do we, not look what what I look like what I read in the book. We we watched the trailer. Well, I brought it up for you guys when we were sitting downstairs yep. uh, just to watch it again before we recorded. And 
there's a different trailer on YouTube than we saw before The Last Jedi. Yes, yes. And the one that we saw before Last Jedi made me think that I don't like this. The one um, before Last Jedi made it look like this dark, bluish, gray take on Mad Max. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. The, like, one we, <laughs> the one we just watched, though, VR seems... Mad Max. VR Mad Max. VR your own Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. Speed Racer and Mad Max combined. and I, I don't know. And the one we just watched had some of those elements. elements. But it seems like they tweak some of the scenes and placement around. Mm -hmm. But right. there's still moments where I'm trying to figure out, are they changing the main method of how they're doing this? What's still going to be the right. same? I mean, there's the whole, the big thing in the trailer is everyone's getting into a car and it looks like they're in a race. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't remember ever there is there not a being car, a car race, There is not period. a car race in the book, period. So I'm wondering, what are all the changes and that they're going to be am, making? I am surprised because uh, it's Steven Spielberg heading this up. And this... I'm going to say it here because we might, may, I think we're already in discussion. I think January we're going to do this book, Ready Player One. Yeah, we, we're, we're compiling a list of books to do next year. Yeah, and I think 2019. Ready, Ready Player One is on we're, it. So we don't want to, I don't want to go too far into it, but Ready Player One is a love story to the 80s. And I feel, these are just my feelings now, that even though I really enjoyed the book, um, I don't know that I could recommend it to absolutely everybody. If you're not really steeped in 80s lore, this book is like if you just sat around with all of your buddies and talked about all kinds of 80s stuff and threw it into a weird man, just melange and, and pulled out whatever, that's that's what this book is. And sometimes it... It's what are you... It's what, really what are you, weird right now because... No, no, because here's the... We're, Luke and I were talking after school here mm -hmm. with another person yeah. and they were saying the exact same things you were that they'd heard if you're not, not a fan of the 80s, you might not like this book. Yeah. It's really weird how you're almost saying word for yeah. word what he said, and I'm just trying to figure out if there's a mask on here. Yeah, well, Whether uh, you're real or not. Yeah, be, because, because you know what, for me, the, the entire <laughs> book is a nostalgia trip, and in all honesty, I, I, I say this with trepidation, I don't think it's that brilliant of a book. Uh, it's It's got its moments, but it's really just kind of a heistish, we're going to try to find the gold kind of book, with literally just... What did, you say, what, what did you say? It was capture the capture the flagish with yeah, with the eighties with just so many eighties mm. references. Like it would it would just take How things you, you knew about rock and roll, things yeah. you knew about bands and movies and video games, and, and and pick it apart and just point it out. So as I'm reading it through, it's a nostalgia trip. But man, I feel this book is only hitting and making it big because it's it's perfectly timed. We're at a time where the people who are reviewing books and putting out blogs about books and everything else are kind of in that demographic. And Stranger Things really helped with Stranger that. Stranger Things is helping that, that, that out. Retro synthwave music is hitting big. There's this wave of 80s nostalgia that's hitting that I feel Ready Player well. One is is riding. <laughs> um, and and uh, I was gonna I was gonna ask you brought up Stranger Things. Um, where does it compare? And I mean there there's a lot. I mean. Stranger Things is, it looks like it's in the 80s. And there is a lot of 80s right. references in Stranger right. Things. Well, How does this compare? Here's where I'm going to throw out my prediction. Okay. My prediction is Stranger Things is doing it right by 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 tapping into what all of the the parents, because kids are loving this Stranger, mm. Stranger Things as well mm. as their 30, 40-year-old parents. And I think it's doing the perfect tapping into exactly what the 80s kind of culture looks like, but yet updating it slightly. I feel this, I'm going to predict it now, this movie is not going to do well. And I, I feel the reason for that is when I read this book, 
uh, how it's presented is that as you move from world to world, things should look very 80s, very strange. The person who programmed this made everything as an homage to his childhood. And so there's times you are in an Atari game. You are in a recreation of a Dungeons and Dragons level. R2-D2's a disc jockey. You're like, like every... And when I'm reading it, I'm going, I get... you said, Claude, that Steven Spielberg's on record as saying something about he didn't want to just make a movie that's like he did. He did. He he's on he's on record about he pulled he pulled and changed a lot of the references to his stuff. Yeah, and uh, because of the fact that he kind of didn't want it to seem like he was stroking his own ego. Yeah, yeah. right. And, <laughs> and you know what? I'll I, make a movie fair. about all the cool things I've done. I and I actually feel that <laughs> Steven. <laughs> I feel no. Steven Spielberg is actually not telling the truth in that. And what I think he's doing is, when you read this book, there is way too many licenses you'd have to pull. Well, like, if you like when you when the... you read it to do it any justice. You would have to go from here to Japan and back, pulling licenses from every wow. company, from Konami to Atari to to rock bands to everything. Yeah. And in fact, that first trailer plays um, Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer, not in this book. It's all Rush 2112 album. Oh. That's what is supposed to be throughout the No Tom Sawyer Rush 2112 album is what. And should looking be being at the played. trailer, though, thinking of. I remember way back when I first watched the trailer, it's, okay, there's a two-minute trailer, but here's a 20-minute breakdown of all the hidden things in the trailer. Actually, yeah. I saw, I saw that you, when I looked that up. And if you you're watching and looking at everything, there's a lot more where it seems more 90s references than there's actually yep. more 80s references. Oh, really? I yep. mean... I feel they just at, went through, who can we pull? Right. What references yep. can we get? What do we have I access to? What can we afford? Yeah. And with the way that the book is set up about this virtual reality world, I can understand how they can get away with it. Oh, and I don't want to say any more in case of next January. And yeah, stuff you like never that, know. Because yeah. there's way too much we could probably do on it. Yeah, and it'll be fun to talk about it after the movie's come out and see how it does. And and we can actually see the whole movie. I feel a lot is being kept from us. And maybe there is all that 80s nostalgia in there. It's just not being shown. Maybe whoever's marketing it is saying, oh, don't show that. People won't respond. But I feel who's ever in charge of marketing this movie, if it does look super 80s, they should be fired. (laughs) <laughs> because uh, yeah, not, you, not, you not having read the book, looking at the CGI in this movie, it looks like PS2 graphics. Yeah, and I don't know if that's what they're going for. I don't. Because it's not like, supposed just, to look that just way. Just go straight up, you know, 8, 16-bit if you want that, to. In the book, know? that's what it would be There's in a lot of ways. There's parts where you're on kind of Tron And I'm not, I, uh, you know? It, it felt more, I don't know, for anime fans, it felt more Sword Art Online. Like, yeah. that's what I felt. Final Fantasy, his character Final, even kind yeah, of looks Yeah, like anime. And there's the big shot of the WoW orc. Yeah, when, yeah, that's right. Or something. There's the orc that's thrown in there. Yeah, there's the or, or, yeah, oh, the yeah, world of Warcraft. Yeah, wow, okay, wow. The wow. I thought you meant there was an orc that said wow. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. Yeah, right. That's a good reference, though. Wow. Yeah, and Luke, like, so I, however, I did play a lot of WoW in college. <laughs> Because it just came out. <laughs> wow. Wow. I like wow. you more now. Wow. wow. <laughs> I, I don't know what to think anymore. Uh, That's really funny. Man. But the other part of Bob and Mai's tandem here yeah. comes from over our break again. I had another book I read. Apparently, I read during break a lot. For some reason, only over two right. days. But the other book was Prince of Thorns by, what is it? Mark Lawrence. Mark Lawrence, yes. So, and I remember talking with Klob and I mean, not Klob, sorry, Klob. Me. And Bob. Yep. Sorry. I'm a big and fan of Prince of Thorns. I, I think my exact text message was, God, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. I don't know how I like this age thing. And it's something we talked about with mm-hmm. Darrow and all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah, we, we thought this is relevant to this conversation because Darrow had been so young. Yep. And right? then here the character is 13 or 14. Yes. And I couldn't do it. Right. I had could not do it. I couldn't picture 
this 13 or 14 year old mm-hmm. doing some of these things. And Bob, I know after I gave you my review and ranking on it, yeah. so you kind of hurt with your little cry face so, emoji. So Prince of Thorns, let's bring it out there. I love Prince of Thorns, the entire series, but you don't. I, you know, well, I only read one book. The, so well, are you going to continue? I might. to Possibly. Yeah. It could get better. I mean, right. I'm not someone who every now and then, you know, sometimes the first book is bad and it has to get better. But sometimes right. trilogies work that way. Yeah. Uh, if you go into Goodreads, uh, Prince of Thorns seems to be one of those books that is either loved or really reviled. Mm-hmm. One of the two. Um, and more more than just the age of the character, it is it is extremely brutal. There's kind of oh. o- odd thing. You know, I mean, it's a very brutal book as well that this kind of 13-year-old is, is also doing things. And kind of revisiting that whole thing of, so what are you guys comfortable with? Uh, as terms of age of uh, character and what they're doing. And we brought it up with Red Rising that we had issues with age and, and, and everything like that. And so I ended up posting a thing, uh, not for Dungeons & Dweebs. I kind of messed that up. I didn't post it there. I posted it on my, my own personal one and sent it out to a bunch of uh, things with a picture from the book saying, what do you think about ages? I posted one to the Prince of Thorns Facebook mm-hmm. page, which we're not sure... If that is... If it's the official Mark page or... There is no other page but this one. Okay. Uh, it's got a lot of... It's it got like, seems like it's run by the author. It seems like it's run by the author. But we don't know for we sure. We kind of read through it, so we're... Thi- and even by the kind of the replies we've been getting, we're kind of thinking this is the author, but not sure. Yes. But what he ends up saying, because uh, uh, is that... Because I had thrown out there uh, this... So I have a question for those of like mind. I love Prince of Thorns books, but when recommending them, I find many of my friends have trouble with the age of Jorg, the main character. It's a real stumbling block for people, and I've found it will either make or break the series for it, for people. Any advice on what to tell them? And we, I think this is the author. He says, well, it depends on the nature of their stumble. If they don't want to read a book with a young, young protagonist, then what can you do? Though I guess you could say that he is far from average and has the intelligence and drive of an adult. If their problem is that a 14-year-old is acting with more poise and maturity than most, you could look incredulous and say, you know that there is magic in the book and monsters, but the fact this person is acting a few years older than his numerical age is your problem. And if that doesn't help, well, then it's their loss. Smiley winky face. Uh, so, so um, what are you guys? What do you guys think so, about the age of a protagonist? And especially in fantasy, you're already dealing with dragons and magic and everything else. How does age factor in so, for you? So, going back to Clob actually here talking about Game of Thrones, and I'm going back to the books, and the characters are pretty young in the books. They're between yes. seven or three, if you talk about Rickon Stark, yeah, up to about. 15 or 16, I want to say, with where Daenerys starts in the book. But oh, notice wow. that when it came to the TV show, they all aged him up because they had to make it more appropriate. And yeah, I find that right. interesting that this is the same age idea. Yeah, exactly. Whereas here, book-wise, he starts kind of going, I don't want to say evil, if you will, yeah. but very, very out there at nine is yeah, what yeah. happens when his first moment occurs. Well, And at nine, I'm picturing the second graders right. currently in school. And saying that in the four years of him being out on the road as a second grader, it really bothers me. So I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, go ahead. And I'm going to jump in here and throw and thank you. I'm okay with it as long. I'm okay with 
the evil age group or, you know, the characters having, you know, transformations or bringing out their true character as a young age, as long as you're William Golding it, as long as you're Lord of the Fliesing it, right. um, going through going through it in that respect, I'm, I am I can be okay with an evil 10-year-old. Yes, yeah, I agree. I think it depends on what they are doing. And I'm going to actually side with Neil here. Even though I love Prince of Thorns, I, I kind of hid my actual belief about the book here. For the age part. For the age yeah. part of it, because reading the book, I was with Neil. I utterly hated that he was 13, and I, I rejected it. And mm -hmm. so I, in my mind, I said, well, this is fantasy. He's 20. I'm, or 18. I'm switching his age mainly because, not that, like you said, Club, I, I couldn't care less if they're young, if they're Lord of the Fliesing it. And what they're doing as an evil youngster seems to... If it's some comment about humanity or something. And you it know, seems realistic. Um, yes. But this character is like leading kind of a group of rogues, and some of them are huge 30-year-old guys who are muscle-bound with axes and swords. And he's like running up to them and grabbing them and like throwing them around and like, you know... Telling them to screw off and all this stuff. I'm like, no group of 30-year-old men would let a 13-year-old mm. run around and do this stuff. Like, And I think coming from a group of people here sitting here that work with that. Mm. Like sometimes <laughs> I wonder if authors have actually any real-world knowledge of the age of characters. Or, you know, the age of kids and how they actually act. Because when you think back to how you were at 13... Yeah, I always tell this story all the time, and I know we're going long on, uh, on Tavern Talk, but I always go back to this story. When I was young and in school, I remember this kid who was like a 16, 17-year-old, and he'd always hang out. Back then, they'd go across the street to the Catholic Church and hang around the stop sign and smoke cigarettes. As soon as the bus would leave them off every, in the morning... Every town has the church across from the high school where the high schoolers <laughs> would walk and go behind and smoke. Right? And in my mind, this yeah. kid, he I mean, it's, it's like 1989... 88, 89, he's got kind of the weird quasi-mullet, he's smoking, he's got the George Michael earrings. Yeah. To me, in at eight years old, he was George Michael, and I remembered him as being like beer, you know, scruffy, old George Michael. <laughs> I, I was not the kid from the Goldbergs. Yeah, I was, I was, no, I'm not kidding, Bob. I looked back through an old high school yearbook and saw him. I'm like, yeah, these kids, because I used to be in plays and whatever, what not with them. I looked him up. No, that's exactly who he looked like. I remembered him <laughs> as being this old-looking, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and I feel like people who don't continue to work with kids project back what they think they were at at that mm -hmm. age. Or what they think they saw at that, at that age. age. And it's definitely different. Age. And when you work with kids who are of, when you, we work with kids that are, whole rooms full of kids that are at that age group, mm -hmm. you are like, none of this would work. Not like, like even uh, to that reply you got from that Facebook post, you, you showed that to me earlier in the day. I was totally on board with it. But even I'm going to hit you with something else. Like, okay, you're going to spend all this time writing all this fantasy with dragons and magic and monsters, but taking a one and a three and flipping them the other way and making them 31 instead of 13 is somehow harder. Or yeah, like, or, as or a even writer. finishing yeah. the eight mm. so that he's 18. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, like, I guess, I, and a lot of times, I guess, I don't know, what are you trying to make a statement of in yeah, your story? The, yeah, what is the point? What is the point of having them, what kind of statement Instead are you trying to make? alienating your and audience. And I get the idea of, like, because dystopia is big now, mm -hmm. and so this idea that a young protagonist raised in a, a dystopia will somehow be stronger, tougher, mm -hmm. harder, but that doesn't change physical 
ages of puberty and, yeah. and, and, and body mass and strength, I don't care how big you thought you were at 15, you weren't that big. <laughs> you, yeah, you know what, true, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and I, sometimes I, I know I was small at 15, which means I was probably much smaller. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Actually, so, I, will, I will hit you with, I have been this big since the eighth grade. <laughs> Uh, growing up hurt for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, but that, but that's just kind of our throwout on on ages. And so join the conversation if you're out there listening. Uh, go to our Facebook page. What do you guys think? Maybe I'll yeah. repost to our Facebook the question mm -hmm. about age of protagonists and what you guys think about it, mm -hmm. and and make a comment on it. And we'll throw it out. I'll throw it out on Twitter too. I I really do defend it. Make me yeah. make me. Make me believe that it's a good idea that the protagonist is so well, young, and it doesn't even have to be the protagonist. I mean, you, right. you could be the, it could be the antagonist right. as well. Yeah, uh, you know, every time that watching Game of Thrones and rewatching some of the older episodes, and you have some of the evil lords that are like. 10, 12, 13 years old, all I see is Stewie from Blue, from Blue, from Blue Harvest. When they did the Star Wars spoof. Right. Yep. Yeah. And Stewie was Vader. Yeah. Right. So again, throw that out to our Facebook page. Throw that out to Twitter. Um, join the conversation. I tell you what, though. I actually I, I need to get into this book because I need to talk about the beginning of this book. There must be a hockey game on tonight. I've never seen you this rush. <laughs> <laughs> hey. um, yeah, let's grab another round. Let's dive into Morning Star. All right. Hey, honey, can we get another one over here? You know Tashi Station? I'm a leaf on the wind. I'm a freaking fight for that. I'm a leaf on the wind. Waiting around for that Skywalker kid to come pick up the power computers. We got downloads in 20 systems. I pull up a chair, friend. Eighty four. Uh, all right, so here we go. Uh, last book of the Red Rising, original Red Rising trilogy. Yeah. Morningstar by Pierce Brown. Ooh, exciting. Yes, but Bob, do you got a synopsis ready for us? I surely do. Morningstar, Pierce Brown, Delray Books, February 9th, 2016. Things went badly for Darrow at the end of Book Two, Golden Sun, and now he is a prisoner of his arch enemy, the Jackal, forced to endure torture and maltreatment. He has been given up for dead by the Sons of Ares and all who once followed him. All but Severo, that is. He's never stopped searching for his friend, and he sends a rescue team. Darrow awakens to find his mother and Uncle Nerl, Dancer, and Victra also survived the betrayal at the end of Golden Sun. But it is not an easy road for Darrow, as his body has been savaged and needs time to heal. After some well-deserved R&R, Darrow tackles his first big mission, one of Mars's moons, Phobos is the main distributor of Helium-3 to the Society and run by one of the richest men in the solar system, Quicksilver. The Sons of Ares believe he is the silent partner of the Jackal. Darrow and his crew break into Quicksilver's tower and interrupt negotiations between many of the top golds in society, including Cassius and Mustang. After a bloody struggle, they are able to capture Quicksilver. But far from being an enemy, they discover that Quicksilver is the founder of the Sons of Ares and is silently leading a rebellion of golds. Making their getaway, they are shot down by a pursuing ship and find themselves stranded in the frozen wastes of Mars's polar region, the homeland of the Obsidians. But the heroes are not alone. The ship which had pursued them also crashed, containing Cassius and Aea, among others. 
This will lead to a struggle where Cassus takes an arrow to the knee. Uh, I mean, throat. Uh, no. And Aya falls down a hill and Ragnar comes tumbling after. Unfortunately, his wounds prove too severe and Ragnar dies. But no time to more. Ragnar's convenient replacement, his sister, Sefi, dives in to take his place. They all go to the Obsidian capital to visit Sefi's mom. But mom is stuck in the old world, believing the golds to be gods. Sefi comes to realize that they are not, and are subjecting and using the Obsidian people. In a nice Freudian moment, Sefi kills her mother and takes the throne, pledging her people to war against the golds with Darrow. Darrow learns from Cassius that the Jackal has been stockpiling nukes, so in an attempt to protect Mars and his people, he decides to take the war to the Outer Rim. They arrive around Jupiter and attempt to convince its leader, Romulus Ara, to join them in the fight against the Sovereign and the Corps. But Darrow isn't the only one who wants to sway the Arch-Governor. Darrow's old friend, Rock, is there as well. Romulus meets with both men, giving them the opportunity to say his opinion to either side. Darrow manipulates Romulus by convincing him the Sovereign was planning on using the missing nukes against the Rim. Thus begins the Battle of Ilium. A massive space campaign commences, but in the end, Roke is defeated and tragically and poetically takes his own life. Now with a more powerful fleet, Daryl returns to the core, the final battle in his long struggle to topple the society. Upon approaching Luna, Daryl waxes nostalgic and with soft heart frees Cassius. But Cassius and fellow prisoner Antonia overpower Daryl, Mustang, and Severo. Severo is killed, and all three are dumped in a container and taken to the Sovereign in her underground war room. Some old friends are at the party, the Jackal and Aya. The Sovereign plans on broadcasting Daryl's execution to the entire society to take the wind out of the rebellion's sails. But at the last minute, Cassius kills the guards and frees Daryl and Mustang. The entire capture was Darrow's plan all along. To get him close to the Sovereign, the Sovereign meets her end, as does Aya at the hands of a revived Severo. His death was fake news. But a wounded jackal has one last trick up his sleeve. The missing nukes are planted all over Luna, and he begins detonating them one at a time until Darrow commits suicide. But despite millions being killed across Luna, Daryl rips the Jackal's tongue out of his mouth, and Mustang orders the fleet to destroy the command ship, setting off the nukes. Darrow and crew emerge from the bunker victorious, but instead of Darrow, it's Mustang, Sovereign's head in hand, who ascends the Senate stairs and assumes control of society. She begins the long struggle to disband society's color system. We end on Earth and Mustang revealing that during his imprisonment, she gave birth in secret to their son, Pax. Darrow swears he will build a better world for his son. Darrow's rise is complete, but his struggle is not. So there we go. Uh, you boys ready to jump into this? A lot of things going on, a lot of things happening, a lot of things rolling forward. Let's begin. I was definitely Let's here for. I was definitely here for all of that. Wink. 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 Well, let's climb into the dark hole. Yeah. Right? Hey. Hey. Uh, we <laughs> ended. True. We ended book two in a tragedy, right? Oops. And we're all wondering how will Daryl recover? And th there's this again the opening kind of vignette scene, and uh, we find Rogue mm -hmm. weeping over those that are lost. Uh, the Jackal placing a mask over Daryl. 
Uh, but it is Darrow who rages inside. Mm. And Darrow who calls himself the Reaper. And he will bring about his own rebirth this time. What did you guys think of this little stinger at the beginning? I think I've missed it. Yes. I, 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 <laughs> I was not a fan, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I didn't want... Once we got once we got past the little stinger at the beginning here, once we got past that this little vignette scene, yep. it should have just started there. Start yeah. me in the hole. Yeah. You know, I think with Red with Red Rising, you're a new author and you're gonna try to hook people mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. And, and and it was a really good one at the beginning of Red Ri- Rising. Uh, Pierce Brown's so good. He doesn't need this. Uh, this mm-hmm. is just kind of the play on like, hey, let's try to get you into this book. We're in, man. Like, we're gonna, when this new book comes out, we're just gonna buy it and binge this son of a gun. Yeah. Like, like you don't need to hook us with this mm-hmm. a page and a half thing. And like I said in the beginning, I I had a hard time getting into the start of this book, mm-hmm. and that vignette was part of it because oh, I really? again we've talked about this in the past. It's the third book in the trilogy. Yeah, I've read the. Uh, everybody's read the other two. If you're picking again, if you're picking up the third book in the trilogy, going, "Wow, I think I'll start here." That's your own fault. That's your fault. <laughs> it depends. Sometimes that's the only book the library has, and you want to start a series somehow. <laughs> then you, you don't. Nerf, you don't start the series. You don't start the series there. You don't. You don't need the previously in Red Rising trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the, the, what I actually, I, you know, I totally missed it, so I didn't have this experience. Um, what I what I wrote down, like, hey, a map. Um, <laughs> coming into this, you know, post tragedy at the at Darrow's um, crowning or whatever yeah. was going on yeah. there. Um, all of a sudden, I'm thrown in here. We have a map. It looks like there's three factions: the Loyalists, House Augustus in quotation or in uh, parenthesis, the yep. Jackal, and the Moon Lords Rebellion. Oh, yeah. I don't know what this means at this point in the book. Um, right. And oh, yeah, no, I you know I did write it down. And a recap of books one and two. Good idea. It's <laughs> it's there if you need it, I guess. Well, let's picture, like, example, say, Bob, specifically here. Yep. The last time you read, when you talked about you read it the first time, right. you read one and two, how long did you wait until three? Yeah, well, I So, I, I would agree. that have been a good thing for it, you? Yeah, you know, it, 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 it does help. And actually, sure. I'm gonna, we, we are in a unique situation. I am going to really defend the, uh, the solar system kind of breakdown here because you... I guess you probably haven't gotten to it. You, I, I kind of found myself flipping to this a lot um, in the last part of the book. Okay. Because a lot happens around Jupiter, a lot around these moons, and it's and actually even some of the strategy that is used for the ship-to-ship combat and what's going well, on. You're kind of like, okay, where's that moon in relation to this moon, and oh. who's coming around what? You know, and, okay. and it kind of worked out. And again, out right. I would have liked, uh, even in the first part of the book, I would have liked a little bit more explanation here throughout the entire series of, our engines, our oh, yeah. starship. Oh, right. how, yeah. how fast can you make it between A and B? Yeah, because like, you never yeah. get a feel, and it always feels like it's a little bit different for different characters right. to be able and to go. And there's kind of moments there where they're like, "Well, how long is that going to take?" And then they don't explain it and gloss over it. In mm-hmm. fact, I think I make a mental note of it. I'm pretty sure it's not until part three or mm-hmm. part four of this book when we finally get our first. I think I wrote it in my notes, like, "Oh." we get like our first hint time of frame. how time frame of how long it took them to get from Jupiter back to Do Mars. You know, t- today, <laughs> just because I knew we were going to be recording today, I went and I spent some time on the Red Rising Reddit. And Ooh. we are not the only ones who have issues oh, really? with the time frame of travel. Oh, And okay. it's, you know, a lot of people are just like, you know what, it's, it's not... It's not necessary to the plot, so that's why he cut it out. And like, there are people defending him, but you know what? I, 
I, I disagree. Don't know. I, I, but, I, but but in we the, spend an awful lot of time in like one room apartments with two characters yapping at each other, but we don't care about how long it takes to get from one place. Oh to yeah, no no, no. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm totally I know, on your no, side. And, yeah, I know. In 2018, where we you know are legitimately looking at going to Mars as human beings and how long that's going to take us with the engines yeah. we have now, we've all watched Star Trek, we've all watched Star Wars, we've yeah. all watched Battlestar. Where we we have some idea of how long trips should take, can right. take, with different types of, you know, fictional engines. Yep, yep. And look what we've done. Before we even got to part one, we're already <laughs> up on a tangent on something that's <laughs> completely... Shut up. Shut up. Uh, all right. So, uh, all right. So, sorry. So, cue the Muppets. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> to to uh, part one of this book. Okay, so I read it as thorns. Did you guys actually... <laughs> we're, just, we're taking shots uh, at ourselves right uh, now. Uh, uh, chapter one. Hey, if we, the if we can't pick on ourselves, we have no business yeah. picking on anybody exactly, else. Exactly. So, chapter one, only the dark. Uh, uh, so, mm-hmm. Darrow uh, has been studied by Octavia, because it was said in the previous novel that she is going to dissect him, like dissect him, right? Mm-hmm. And find out how he was carved. He's now in this sm- small cell and wrestling with his demons. And we're a year out. We're a year out oh. from the end of the last book, because mm-hmm. what was it? It's like three months. He was in interrogation, mm-hmm. and then he's been in the box now for nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we, we do we do get that eventually, uh, but in chapter one, we're just kind of left with this, you know, he's being tormented by the quote-unquote darkness. Um, you know, it's I don't I never really felt that it was too cleverly written, but, you know, I'm glad we don't spend too much time on this. We just get this little, like experiencing with Darrow what he feels in here, how yeah. how his muscles ache because I, he is so small he can't move. And mm-hmm. just like we talked about when he was in the torpedo tube being ready to fire off, yeah. I did get a great feel from Pierce here of claustrophobia. Oh right. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. I and, and I agree with both of you that claustrophobic mm-hmm. element and I, I it's the perfect length. Because I'm I am not I don't like to dwell on the, you know, contemplative, like, I just want to kill myself. Oh, who am I? I'm going to bash my head into this wall. Oh, everything is horrible. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad that we take our protagonist and drag him to the personal and physical depths that he can possibly be at. And I, I like how Pierce brought up the, you know, he's yes, he's a gold and he's been built and he's been structured, but Dude's still got to eat in the box if they're going to keep him alive. <laughs> yeah, and so true. they go into the descriptions of the tubes that yeah, are pumping uh, it nutrients is into him to yeah. keep him alive. And it's just brutal. Yeah, it's harsh. Yeah, we yeah. Get, you know, the, these gruesome details of what he's suffering through, of right. how he's surviving. A little bit of uh, that he was tortured by the jackal in Attica, um, and that the whole the jackal's device he used was, I have your family, mm-hmm. and all you have to do is tell me that you give up. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll bring you to them. Right, right. And it's I it's which I love. I love yeah, that. It's totally yeah. it's totally Daryl, and, and, and it's and, totally the Jackal. Yeah. yeah, and and great cultural reference there with bringing. You know, we've had Greek, we've had Roman, we've had uh, Norse here. Mm-hmm. Great, you know, reference to Attica for mm-hmm. the prison. Where's Attica? Mm-hmm. What is that for? Att- Attica is the United was one of the United States high security prisons in oh like the twenties. <laughs> So you know you're talking about these Greek and Romans. I'm like I don't remember that in those. <laughs> but yeah, at the end of this chapter, Darrow just snaps and he's like, well, I don't even care. I've been here too long, and it's you know he he can't keep track of the months, the days, the hours, right. the minutes, anything. He just starts bashing his head into the wall. He's like, I'm done. I'm I'm ending this now. Right. And Karen, all of a sudden, Karen, Karen how long's it been? 
It's been 37 minutes. <laughs> that's, what was, that's what I was waiting for. Like yeah, for, yeah. Him, for him to be pulled out of here. Like, so how was your first hour in there? Like, yeah. You know, I was waiting for that, but you know, he uh, there's some noise beyond the prison, and that's where. Um, the end yeah. of chapter one is right. Yeah. So we go into chapter two, uh, prisoner L one seven L six three six three. Yeah, numbers. A lot of, a lot of uh, it's two letters. They're the same. Same one. <laughs> it's two letters, but the prisoner listing here automatically brought me to Le Mans. Oh, really? Automatically brought me to Le Mans because it's there's a whole song in Le Mans where he talks about his prison number and he's only referred to by his prison number and he used to have a name and he used to have an identity. And so that, with the prisoner numbers here, that automatically brought me directly into that not having an identity. <laughs> he doesn't have an identity anymore. Oh, really? And see, I always go, I always get brought to Ben-Hur where they're out in the belly of that ship and it's always Prisoner 41. Or THX one one three eight, but <laughs> all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, the idea that you're now just a number, you know. Um, but Darrow's brought up from his solitary confinement. Uh, we find out he's a prisoner of the Jackal, right, mm-hmm. in his mountain fortress. Um, he's and he's right below table. the dining hall. Uh, this is like Jabba the Hutt. He's yeah. just like sitting right, right below the dining hall. And Cassius is there with Aya and Antonia, and Lilith is sitting on the Jackal's right hand, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they yeah. discuss Darrow and what they're going to do with him. Uh, and Cassius is not happy with the Jackal's methods of maintaining no, order. No, uh, we're kind of getting the Michael Scott effect on uh, Cassius here. Oh, okay. Um, you know, he's been just this big jerk, but I feel, you know, throughout his minimal appearances up until the end of part two, we're getting redemption notes from him. Uh-huh. You thought Cassius was a big jerk the whole time? I'm just curious. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, I guess. I never from, actually saw him as a jerk. In I book saw two. Him. In book two. Right. I, I repeat myself. No, I still really never actually saw okay. him where I was a jerk. I saw him as someone who was, uh, believed so much in his own side Wow, that okay. he wasn't. Yeah. And even if he doesn't believe so much in his own side, he believes that he has his identity. He Correct. has his yes. part to play, right. and this is what he has to And that's that argument that I always see of, well, when you look at the villains, do they ever see themselves as the bad guy in their own story? And for Cassius, yeah. I thought him as too honorable to do anything mm-hmm. villainous. I mean, look at what he's done. Yeah. The only time really in my mind where he's a jerk that I remember currently was when he was, yep, I got Mustang after you during their little duel there. Other than mm-hmm. that, I saw Carnus more as the big old dick oh, that was in yeah, part yeah. of that family. <laughs> right, right. Maybe, maybe I'm just sour about that, like, you, you took Mustang away from uh, you know, oh, I'm, I could be. I, 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 I'm, I'm sour I'm, about I'm, that. That could be. I'm with you, Luke, because a lot of times I, uh, when, when I'm reading a book, if a mm-hmm. character does something like that, very extreme, uh, like the main character in the book, I'll just hate him for the rest mm-hmm. of the book, and I won't see that, like what you're seeing, yeah. the other side. But, but see, uh, I keep wanting cat. I keep going back to, and I believe this is where Neil is as well, I keep going back to that friend relationship, that, mm-hmm. that, that BFF relationship that they had in Red Rising, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how much it tore Daryl up that he was lying to his best friend. Right. And they're defending each other, and so I, I, I kept wanting him to have that Loki aspect where he comes back and is a good guy for a while, and maybe he's going to screw it up later, but he's, right, right. he's still the good, He's he, he still can come back and redeem himself right. at some I point. I agree. Yep, I agree. Yeah, and, and it's here, um, the Jackal's lease is up on Darrow. Mm-hmm. It is his time to go back to Luna and to be dissected, like Aya said. Right. And we get, a, get another look at kind of the depravity of the Jackal as he brings yeah. up Pink Forward, whose tongue has been cut out, uh, and he gives her a gun and orders her to shoot him. 
and she drops to his feet and begs forgiveness. And, and he that, talks about how fear will keep them in line. With that pink, and here's where, going back to one of the issues you had, Bob, with book one, yeah. was the comparisons to Hunger Games. Mm. In the Hunger Games book series, there's, I believe it's called an AVOX. Okay. It's slaves who had their tongues ripped out. Oh, really? Mm. And so they couldn't talk, but they were always servants. And I saw similarities. And it will happen throughout this book specifically where I bring up a lot of moments from Hunger Games that kept reminding me here. More than the other books entirely for some reason. It was this one. And that was one that was never really in the movies was those characters. And that's and, and that's a Roman and Greek thing too, yep. where it's the yeah. it's whether you're talking about tongues or other parts that they're taking away from the slaves. Right, right. No. <laughs> or you know, Grey Worm from Game yeah, I was gonna say Grey Worm right, right. Yeah, from Game of Thrones or right. you right. know, anything like that is you Theon. you take that that part that makes people human yes. right? and you take yes. it away from them. And, and I'm gonna I'm slaves. gonna jump into the side of, of that that I, I feel like when something like this happens, you can always say, did it is is this Pierce Brown robbing from another trilogy that he's read or another book series, or is it that he's it all goes back to the archetype. I, I it all will, goes back. I to believe the because he's yes. so into Roman culture and Greek culture, mm. he's going back. He's taking it from the archetype, like you're saying. Yeah. Whether I, I it's believe. whether it's you're tongueless or you're a eunuch or yes. whatever you yes. are, it's going back yeah. to that archetype yeah. of taking right. taking Something. the humanity away. And from And again, the I'm, I'm going to bring up that I'm going into this book without the baggage of having read a lot of those novels. So a lot of times I might see something and be like, "This is fresh and awesome," and mm-hmm. whereas you're going, "I've read this." There was something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I, I've seen all the Hunger Games movies, but I never read the books. Yeah. I right, and I did read the books, and there's going to be parallels in my own mind. I'm going to right. I was like mini spoilers for the next episode in my mm-hmm. mind here <laughs> that I ranked for Hunger Games the first two books very well yeah. in my reading. I did not rank the third one very high either. Spoiler: It's very similar. Uh, okay, 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 very similar. Okay, nice. All right, so we're kind of coming up on the end of chapter two. Yeah. Anything else? No. I'm All right, so yeah, tap uh, chapter three, snake bite. This is very important. Uh, this chapter for the yes. rest of the book. So no spoilers here, but I would say everybody pay attention to this chapter oh, because okay. it brings up something that is very important and exactly what oh. snake bite is and what it does to you. Okay? That's right. So yeah, uh, Darrow is gagged and tortured by a bunch of greys mm-hmm. uh, and there's these praetorians with tattoos on their necks with the number 13. Dragoons. Yeah, dragoons. I like it. Uh, it's a very brutal scene. Oof. Oh yeah, it's... No. God, I just man, I didn't even know. But again, it's these it's these books um, where you know coming off of Golden Sun, what I had said there. As soon as we know what the plan is, that's when the twist is going to come. Exactly. As With, soon as it is said, the book is going to twist. The book on is going to twist. And here in walks Alverson. Everybody starts getting shot. And well, I, I, I want to point out the thirteen thing. Everybody's oh yeah, got these, oh, these tattoos of thirteen. Everything else, my mind immediately went in your direction because I went to the five hundred first order. Oh, oh, good. Vader's fist Catch. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is that? Yeah, that's, that's Vader's fist. That is Vader's specialty. It's, it's elite. It's 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 the elite stormtrooper squad. I'm covering yeah. my face up because yeah, I'm so down. ashamed. You know, you do. Like, you do. Yeah, no, my, my brain is just constantly like looking in the wrong place. Like I'm always like yeah. because we've talked about Greek and Roman mythology, that is where my brain you is always what? looking. And and Klobuchek, that is one that I didn't didn't catch, but I bet you you're one hundred percent right. Especially when it comes up that other characters in the book mm-hmm. have that thirteen. Thirteen all tattooed. With that them. same thirteen idea. I'm trying to remember some history moments. Wasn't there a lost legion that had a certain number from Roman myth from Roman history? 
Oh, oh there's been numerous. But there was yeah. one specific one where it was always the famous, it's the Lost know, Legion. They had a movie about it, they had yeah, all this stuff, and movie. I don't remember. Is that the same number? Oh, I'm I just finding it as an interesting. We've uh, we've got a man on the case. Uh, so, but yes, thank you, Club. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's 13th Legion. I think so. Um, so but all, Legion. all of a sudden, 9th. The 9th Legion. Oh, okay, that might have been Okay, cool. I just found. I thought it was 13. Son of a. But Daryl's being sprayed off with like this pressure washer. God awful. There's this. What, this Ooga Chaka. Ooga Chaka. Ooga Chaka. Don't picture But whenever you want to get down to the depths of like what is the worst thing, it's always naked up against the wall getting sprayed with a hose. Yeah. It's always like the worst. That's that's visually. He's getting washed. He's locked in this chair. Don't knock it till you try. <laughs> whoa, buddy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wow. What happens in your basement stays in your basement. Uh, but You're in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody starts getting shot, and in walks Holiday T. Nakamura. I believe this is the first time we yes. get full name here. Yeah. And her oh, baby yeah. brother, Trig. Um, yeah, Trig. Okay, whatever, whatever reason it is, I love characters named Trig. Yeah. I've read, there's been a bunch of characters named Trig. I actually knew a dude named Trig years ago in college. But Trig is always, he always comes across to me as the intellectual, like, soldier. Yeah, yeah, I, I like he's gonna like he's gonna be the one with the plan. He's gonna be the one who's read who's somebody's gonna make a reference and he read the book, but he'll still sh- he'll still still shoot your eye out at yeah. you know seven hundred yards. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's funny because I pictured his sister more as the one with the plan. But yeah, I, I did too. Uh, but there what? is there is some, and we'll get to that as we get into this plan here. Uh, but. This one struck me as kind of odd. They give Darrow his razor, and it lingers for a second on describing the razor, which I thought was kind of weird, that its grip is covered in calf skin, and the hilt is carved with a picture of Eo, which I thought was very fitting, and that the blade... The, again, this is going to go I, back to... I, I, I don't know how to picture this I took thing. this as they changed it for him. Yes. And yes. that's why it's describing it. Because it says... Change, but I can't picture how all the artwork is actually on it. Because oh, no, here, yeah, 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 here it goes. It says the blade has etchings of his mom and dad trick-or-treating. They're like trick-or-treating on it. Which I don't know. That's why in my intro I said things. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I I don't yep. know how to picture the razor once again because at times it's sounding like a whip. Sometimes it's and really it, long. We're told it's two meters long. Darrow's is is supposed to look like a sigh, like his mm-hmm. reforms. So I'm taking it that it can form kind of any shape you want it to. Yet it has a blade that can have etchings on it. Mm-hmm. It's not a stumbling block for me. I just go with it. Have like, we yep. before now though gotten the lore of? Carving sigils, 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 yeah, sigils of yourself onto your razor. Never, that, never in the books. Yeah, 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 never no, in the no, book no, no. series until now. That was the one thing where I'm like, why haven't we heard about this yeah. before? Yeah. Why don't we get a description of you know Lauren's grandchildren going down his blade or you know something exactly. like that? So or that there'd be this, this thing that this is what their clan or something did. You would carve, you would etch yeah. something into your blade, and, and so that Neil, Neo on his blade is a big deal. Oh, exactly. You know, Neil, you have you have it open. I oh. for some reason in in my mind, what I have was that they were more of like. You know how like the blues tattoos were kind of like holographic and they moved. Okay, like, they weren't actual etchings in the razor. They were just oh. like these weird like oh, holograms. That's a cool. That came uh, off. Here it has it is etched into the white metal. Oh, okay. So it actually yeah, is yeah. etched in, and that and it, specifically it's talking about being in the curved sling blade shape. Yep. Of the cover, mm-hmm. and like you said, it's a razor, and it's later really on hard it to picture. wraps. It is really I've hard to see. 
I mean, even though I've, I've I've seen fan art, we were right. looking at fan. We art have looked at fan art, side. which is wildly different as to what yeah, it is what it's picturing this razor as. Yeah, and again, maybe again, but like maybe. space travel, just a slight because again, you don't want to get overburdened in a story mm-hmm. with descriptions. You don't want to get all fanboy and describing absolutely everything. But some of this, I feel, is kind of necessary. Yes, well, we got to create a yeah, picture yeah, if you're, you're well, going to start describing it. I like the fact. Yeah, I do love the fact that you have a sword here that can change shape. You have a sword. Oh, I love it. That can move. Yeah, that you know has that you know that biological that chemical reaction with its owner, and right. it doesn't necessarily have it with another owner. Right. Um, later on, we go into a description of Mustang carrying her father's razor, and right. you know all the things that go into that. I just in book one when we first saw razors, or book two when he was, yep. you know, there should have been more explanation. I, I agree. I agree. It's kind of like if we would have been told never seen a lightsaber and told like, well, this one guy has a orange one, the other one has one that's shaped like a scythe, mm-hmm. and this guy has one etched on the blade. Would we'll be like, well, what? What is this thing? <laughs> it's a laser sword. It's a what? Uh, but they uh, give uh, Darrow an oil change. A snake bite, which they inject right into his chest, which, like, just, I don't know, it's like five-hour energy mm. monster, it's Red the, Bull, no, it's, all it's no, meth. No, no, it's meth. It's, they inject hey, him with yeah. the meth. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's the adrenaline shot from Doom. No. Okay. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's math. Yeah, yeah it's math. It's the, that's all I saw was going into God mode in Doom, where yeah. it's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was, I don't know, they just, uh, later, I think it's... Once uh, he meets up with Severo and Ragnar, they, they're like, you injected him with that crank? Yeah, right. Yeah, like, okay, yeah. So they crank, call they call it crank. crank. Yeah, you're it's, right. It's just, you're it's right. a drug. They, it, it they give him meth. That's what they um, give And again, and, and, and bookmark this because mm-hmm. it's coming back. The well, to be fair, if, you, isn't to be fair if, you've been in a hole, if you've been in a hole for nine months, a little meth probably is what you need. Yeah, yeah actually. To actually get out of the building. This snake bite is Chekhov's gun. It's just been hung on the wall. The snake bite. I mean, I guess if you guys say so, I never... Okay, okay. At any rate, you know, Darrow, I think, you know, he's behaving exactly as I would have expected him to. He's very hesitant. Right. He's very skeptical, yeah. and it takes a direct call to Ares himself before he goes with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so we move and on to chapter. New Ares, just to make sure. New Ares is several now, yes. because Fitchner is dead. Right, right. Just Fitchner is actually dead. Yeah, for so real this time. So yes. his, yeah. character so actually died. <laughs> son, son has taken over. Ares. Um, so <laughs> chapter four, we ha- have cell two one eight seven. Yeah. Okay, Finn. <laughs> aren't you aren't you a little short for a gold <laughs> yep you might be a little tall let's let's go through this a little yeah we gotta talk about all F- these references N-218-7. yeah yeah so he's being escorted they run into vixens it, it is it is the right year to come out that he would have stolen that yeah i checked that yeah oh. We checked all of I, I, yeah, I checked all of this. Uh, cell 2187 is where, well, and level 23 is where princess leia i was gonna was, say and you know and you know why finn's number Star. was that what was that Finn's number in Finn's number in Star Wars was that because that was Princess Leia's cell. Bob just said that. We that's what we're just yeah. talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought, no, isn't there? No, uh, like literally two seconds before you said that, he said that. Uh, yeah. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> cell two one eight seven level twenty three is on the Death Star where Princess Leia is being held. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, um. And the detention block is A A two three cell two one eight seven. Yeah. That that's oh, from the Death Star. So okay. he is totally doing that. Right down. Fine. We're fine. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> right down to the fact where they it's end been a up. Long week. <laughs> yeah, they end up taking him, and they're both shorter than him. He's in the middle. He's handcuffed, and they're leading him 
around. Prisoner? Like yeah. he's like the Wookiee prisoner handcuffed. They're leading him around. Yeah, and they have his hood up so that you can't see. Isn't his there face? even a scene where they shoot up some of the cameras in the wall? <laughs> Isn't that happy? Uh, use something to stop all yeah, the cameras yeah, and the holiday elevator. Holiday or train holiday or train. And great yeah. description. Um, once we get to the the next cell here, yeah, because that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Once we open the cell, and I like the dark and light versus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's been kept in the dark. He's been in the sensory deprivation. She's in this blinding cell with sensory mm-hmm. overload. Yeah, right, right, right And right. I love the juxtaposition mm-hmm. between the two oh, cells. Your new word. <laughs> it's, it's no longer Bob's. It's <laughs> but, you know, talking about that aspect, I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Um, you know, the, the other thing I want to cover before we get to uh, uh, Victra in her cell, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that they run into Vixus yeah, in right. the lift. And I just, just because that that moment was so cool, where he uh, Daryl's hiding in his hood while he's talking to the Thirteenth Legion. Yeah, it's really um, cool. And he's like, you know what? That's it. He just like takes it, razors him. He takes his razor. He takes his razor from Holiday and kills him. And it's yeah. He, he, he doesn't, doesn't kill him. He doesn't they kill him. Need for information. He stabs him in the shoulder. They need him to punch. Oh the yeah, yeah. Right. 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 And find where Victor is and all that. Right, right. Then they toss him. And then they toss him in the sensory overload cell. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Then he kills him. Well, yeah, because he was going to leave. Once they re- once they uh, they rescue her, they toss him in the sensory overload cell, and Daryl's gonna leave him. But no, he has yeah. to make one more stupid comment. comment. So Daryl just turns around throat. and slices him. I like you know what you know what I've been in a hole. <laughs> yeah. I'm not happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, exactly. yeah Victra, mm-hmm. Victra is actually she's paralyzed. Her legs don't work. She's losing her mind. She's attacking them. They have to sedate her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this yeah it's. The juxtaposition between the two prisons is awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Yes. Very cool. I mean, we're we're pointing out all of these, you know, Star Wars references and stuff. But uh, I love that. I I, lo- I loved it, yeah. and it was great. I actually yeah. want to ask you guys this, yeah. just for pure information, maybe for the future. No, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I want to because I thought about this in depth. Which when cell I read would that, we be tortured? That's Lauren. what I'm saying. That, that was my question. <laughs> which cell would which cell would be worse for you? I'm gonna have to say uh, the, the darkness. I, I think Darrow is where Darrow is at would be worse for me. I, I could handle probably. Uh, I'm thinking Victra more. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I could do I the overload of all the senses. It's yeah. I, I, well, and it just you know, I got either one. You know, the, the, yeah, the human brain know. needs the middle. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm yeah. wearing glasses well, to help at night vision <laughs> to see bright lights right now. Is that what, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, the Hunter S. Thompson glasses are prescription. <laughs> are they? Yes. Oh, oh, oh okay. I'm shutting up. Uh, <laughs> chapter no, no, no. five, plan C. Chapter five, plan C. What was plan B? Trapped in a lift shaft. Uh, Trig goes to plan C, which I like they have. Mm. They call on the Wrathbone and the Outrider, which, by the way, Star Wars references continuing. Really? He must have been binging on this because Outri- the Outrider is Dash Rendar's ship from uh, <gasps> Shadow of the Empire. Oh, it is. Oh That's my right. God. Yeah. And I One of my favorite games. So, by really, the way. really deep reference. And by the way, uh, I'd been talking back and forth with Pierce Brown, and I asked him if this is Humble where break. it was from. And. He never replied. So, uh, I, I don't know. But, so I don't know if this is what he was going for or what, but it says uh, Trig. Uh, Trig is also from Star Wars Empire comic book number 30 and 32, and he does a similar thing where he leads Jedi uh, to a service lift from to escape from the em- enemy. So I don't know if Trig 
you know, I know that Pierce Brown reads Star Wars comic books. I don't know if this was uh, another homage. Like, he was just like, these next three chapters, I'm alluding to Star Wars all over the yeah. place. And you know, you know what? My <laughs> first two books did really well. I'm just going to layer this first Yeah, who even Wars. guess? Who's going to get this stuff? <laughs> so I don't know if Trig is a Star Wars it, reference, maybe too. Maybe it's all part of the multiverse. <laughs> yeah, maybe this, yeah. This is actually <laughs> well, happening Is this a long time ago? Or is this... <laughs> No, it's, oh. just, it's just far, far away. Okay, actually, actually no, it's here. Oh, wait, it is. It here. is here. Oh, but it, it is. is. I. It, it's a far, far away. I mean, it's. What is it? Forward. So <laughs> we're all. We're all at any rate, Plan anyway. C. Yeah, the gang yeah, is yeah, found whatever. out, and uh, <laughs> they're found out. Uh, they're taking the lift. It lurches upward. They know a team is waiting for them. So uh, set off the EMP, which I really like that video. <laughs> really good. And I they love have the old because antique weapons that they yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. What, what do they call them? I can't remember. They gunpowder weapons. But don't, uh, don't they have like pressure a, weapons? Something they have a name yeah, for my camera. It, it is really cool, but it's very cool. Yeah. And I, do, I going through this even since they're slapped with the medieval ages. It took it, it took me a while to like kick my head around because I kept referring to them as so old, so old. And I'm like, do they have muskets? They let their own thing with blunderbusses, <laughs> just ramrods. Just, hold on, I'm reloading. We don't, yeah, uh, antiques and archaic <laughs> slugs. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Do you know what he actually does, though? Because he brings this up, he starts to describe the future weapons yes. then in yeah. yes. detail. Which is good. Such a good job. Because Details on future weapons? Who needs that? <laughs> but well, I love the fact that they bop the MTV. The, the MTV. They bop <laughs> the music is playing I'm this bopping. one. The Ready Player One thing's going um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They bop the EMP. As, as the elevator doors open, and then all of a sudden, everybody that's standing in front of them ready to fire is just frozen. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because their armor doesn't <laughs> their work. Their armor doesn't work. It's great. <laughs> it's great. And I could just hear in my mind the, like, barely through the metal screams oh, that you can hear. They're just yeah, yelling, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so they all they all make it to the landing pad, and uh, I am tense. This is yeah. a really good scene. I, I'm, I really like it. I was wondering so in this scene... I actually questioned whether or not they were going to get out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I a lot of times when you get the rescue scenes like this, you're like, yeah, okay, they're actually going to get out. Because a lot of times when you get the rescue scenes, you're like, okay, this is how they're going to rescue them, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. I actually had the question in my brain here of, no. are they not going to get out and he's going to be thrown in some other cell yeah. and some other and we, torture we get, we, yeah, we get chapters and chapters of more torture yeah. or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But you know what? Pierce Brown at this point is an author where... I don't know what to expect. No, no, you don't. Yeah, he, he's done, he's such done a, his such job. A good job yeah, of yeah. you know keeping me guessing this entire time. So it's we're um, launching into chapter six victims. Right. Well, this I I just the only thing I want to bring just because it was so cool. Um, Daryl's talking to Holiday and she just she looks up, and he's like, "What are you?" And he, he looks up and all of a sudden he realizes realizes, "Oh my god, it quit snowing." Yeah, they just... Yeah. And that's where the chapter ends. Yeah, yeah. Into chapter six victims. Yeah, yeah. So chapter six victims, Trig is mm. killed by a... Uh, yeah, it's, it's a massacre. Arrives. It's, oh. it's just a massacre. And like you said, Clob, uh, we're worried that they're going to get captured. Me too. I'm like, oh, this is going yeah, down. Yeah, here fast, it goes. Right? What do you yeah. do here? Yeah, and, and I, I didn't expect Trig to be the one... If somebody was going to get killed in this chapter... Out of the three, out of the four of them now that are going, yeah, here, I figured either they were going to drop Victor, something was going to happen there, or it was going to be Holiday. Mm -hmm. I, I really didn't think it was going to because be because we had a tenuous but somewhat of a uh, connection to Holiday. We kind of had heard Holiday before, so we, yeah. you know, so I figured, well, that's why Holiday is going to take it. But no, yeah, it's, and what a soldier! I thought it was going to be more trig. What because a soldier! Your brother, your brother that you have humans. this close connection with, gets slaughtered in front of you. Yeah, and you're right. like, I have to finish the mission. Yeah, right. No, it shows their training, and that's why I thought it was. Gonna 
going to be Trig because we, you specifically, Club, were able to make that more emotional connection to him. You thought he was going to be the level-headed man with the plan. I saw it as, oh yeah, he's the one who's gone. Yeah, but Whereas Holiday, that, who's just kind of a robot, who's but, there, yeah, she's going to be fine because but, she has no characterization left and she has more room to grow. Look right. at what has happened to the extra tertiary characters that I've made emotional connections with. Yeah, at this point in the trilogy. Okay, yeah. and the other yeah. so the fact that I made an emotional connection with him, I'm like, geez, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the other fact, Lauren's dead. Uh, Every time book is a traitor. Every time I put uh, my heart out into this book, it just gets. Yeah, uh, actually, you know what? Uh, Aya is the one who shows up and kills Drake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aya shows up. Which again, I am looking at because I've been waiting. When is this showdown going to happen between Aya and and Daryl? It's just teased. But Daryl right happened. now is in no position. Yeah, to please have don't a make fight. the showdown happen when he's emaciated. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Would ruin it. Yeah. I mean, if he's able to beat her emaciated, then she was never that good. Exactly. To be exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, Cassius and Daryl have this exchange about honor, which we did as an intro. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's this shield up, so no ships can uh, approach. I don't know how they're going to get out of this thing. And yeah, then Dar- all of a sudden he hooks everything up and Daryl just bails off the edge of the landing pad. And I'm like, what's going on? Mm. Right? Yeah. I. But the I, rescues come from the ground. They do. And I, man, I... Well, they're blown out. It's it's blown off the edge, edge of the landing pad here. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Where, yeah. Where is he going? Yeah, what's going on? He hears this sound and everything. He knows what's going on. And he jumps up. It's the it's the miners. The the again, we don't know how to picture five-handed mining thing drills coming up through the yeah, ground. I, I, cool, cool descriptions of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, these guys can't fly. The, you know, well, we don't we don't want the miners out. We don't want the miners fighting. Yeah, but they can run the machines like there's no gosh darn tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so I can I can drop this thing on a penny. Yeah, don't ask me to throw a punch, but I can drop this thing on a penny. <laughs> so he jumps off, uh, and then we're into chapter seven, bumblebees. Uh, this I love. Here's, this. A, here's a quickie chapter. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, um, and again, we have talked about this over and over and over again, and it's going to happen again here in this book, where what really kind of should be the last three pages yeah. of the chapter uh, this book is bad about g- that. get get chopped up and, and I'm gonna bring it up later as we do a thing what is, what is this like actually just three pages yes <laughs> oh yeah it is. yeah like like literally it, it I don't know why it's not just part of the chapter and like, because it wouldn't have ended the chapter on a cliffhanger I understand though that there are some books that go really small chapters, but here since it goes back and forth between the two, yeah. I think that's why it might be a bit more of an yeah. issue. Yeah, and literally, I mean, it's just the earth is yeah. heaving up and this drill is coming out, and all the Iron Men <laughs> are coming out of it, flying with their, you know. Uh, I do, have, I do have. Um, if I, it hasn't hit me until now, just because we're on a planet and because I know how gravity works and I know how wind works. Um, I have some physics problems with what's going on. Um, so they're they're up on that walkway. The, the force field drops. The snow stops. But there's still wind howling, which doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah. And then Darrow jumps off, and then Severo and Ragnar catch them. And this is like, this ow. Is, yeah, this is something that's been brought up. You know, like as far back as Superman. Okay, if somebody's falling, and you jump and you catch them. You are effectively hitting them with more force than they would have hit the ground yeah. with. Well, and I don't know if that's what's happening. I got the I, impression almost like he jumps off. They, at the same time, are almost like revealing the hole they've drilled in the ground. I don't know. And he's falling into the hole because it talks about how the, this the, is the tunnel the tunnel walls are whipping past him. And it's almost like he's falling 
I don't know. Through the tunnel, and they, they were, like, come a up size to him and skyscraper grab him. Yeah. Because it talks falling down into the hole of the into city. Into the hole. Oh, says of the okay. city. So I thought it was, well, they're on a skywalk between the buildings down in Minneapolis. And... But no, and it's like Iron Man kind of flies up, <laughs> yeah. sidles up next to him as they're falling, and then slowly yeah, breaks. I don't That's know. That's what it's I just, Pierce Brown has yeah. done such a good job Gentle of Chris. writing action scenes that make perfect sense to me. This one that, didn't. That this as one much. hits me. Yeah, I and, and I'm just immediately having you know, where's the okay? There's a force field. Why is there wind? Um, right. They're falling. Yep. Why didn't they die? And I'm, you know, I'm, probably, sort of. I'm probably in agreement with you because I'm not remembering. In my notes, I have the end of the chapter description was odd, and I didn't really like it. But I'm not going to take the time now to read it, but I don't remember why I thought uh, Someone wrong. died next to him and said his name. <laughs> okay, maybe. There, there is that. You might also be thinking about um, Daryl riding Ragnar's back and the battery pack of his ghost cloak like riding up into his crotch. Maybe. I don't know. Yes. Yes. It, was, it was warm. It was warm. It yeah, was warm against his genitals. <laughs> the battery pack okay, thing that's, battery that pack was probably why I wrote genitals. That. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know that he said genitals explicitly, but uh, groin. <laughs> groin. Yes. Okay, I don't know. Close enough. Okay, anyway, okay. like that that weird stuff happens. And that goes into how he knows which type of pack Ragnar's wearing because he knows the sensation of the heat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Whatever. But it, it does it does it comes it comes back around as we go into chapter eight home. Home. Positive. Yeah. Alright. So Darrow awakens to his uh, Uncle Narrow? Narrow mother Uncle Narrow, sir. Uncle Narrow. I mean, his other Uncle Narrow. <laughs> just I just picture him just sitting on the front porch, you know, just Yee! listening to Charlie Charlie Daniels. <laughs> Cracking up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> See, and I, I, yeah, yeah. And like, like the nurse walks by and is like, "Sir, you can't smoke in here. <laughs> this is a hospital." <laughs> yeah. Get out of here, you liberal. <laughs> you know, this is it, it's it's a slower no chapter. Time, <laughs> Gosh, you guys. It's a slower chapter, but you know, it, and it's and what I have written down is that. It's not like the chapters I'd complained about in Golden Sun, where it's just like talking for talking's sake. And it's, this one was needed. It was. It was needed. How yeah. long it's been since he has seen his family? Yeah, he says his mother knitting in the corner, and it's just, it's oh. very well done. And I think this is yeah. kind of the beginning of where this book really starts to yeah. redeem. I you know, I really love book two, but yeah. this one this is where it's really starting to like redeem what. I didn't like in book two, where there's all these like talking for talking's sake. You know, the, right. right now it's talking for character development's sake. Yeah, and I'm I, enjoying it. I like this chapter. It might have squeaked a little bit towards the heavy-handed point. For yeah, me. I you know I, I I like this whole betrayal of. It goes into where Daryl wonders what it was like for his mother to think that her son was dead because mm-hmm. she thought that he's dead. I know we get um, the explanation. This is where we get the explanation too of they executed him on live TV. Yeah, they wa- mm-hmm. she watched his execution, right. and he specifically uses the language to be broken by other men. And I'm kind of thinking, okay, the rise of Darrow was to be a rise to liberate people. I'm kind of seeing, and again, because of his propensity mm-hmm. for Roman metaphor and things, I'm seeing this as kind of a Mary Christ metaphor. His mother watching him broken. You know, and that oh, kind Mary of thing. Oh, Mary Christ, Spartacus. Yes, Spartacus, yeah. all of that okay. kind of thing. Okay. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting I'm getting that metaphor here, and it, it's working, but at the same time, it's edging towards being a little heavy and maybe melodramatic in a way. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But I'm okay with it. It was still working. I just wanted to point it out. Okay. Yeah, and we, we also get here that Harmony is probably the one that betrayed him to the jackal. Oh, right? and that was one yeah. of our questions the last time. What we yeah. were How the heck did he find out? <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. 
Darrow yeah. had done such a good job of, you know, keeping this a secret, of never even contacting the Suns mm -hmm. when he... Well, okay, we were talking... We the we the talking. one Suns he did contact were the ones that threw him under the bus. Of course. Well, and yeah. when we were talking in the book, too, because it's never really revealed in uh, book two, who betrayed him, we're like, oh, God, did Mustang do this yeah. to him? Yeah, right. Um, I don't know. Did any of, of you else get this? Darrow starts talking to his brother-in-law, Kieran, and Kieran's holding the, or and he's brother, holding a baby. Brother, or his bro brother. Yep. Yeah, brother, Kieran. I kind of thought the baby was going to be Darrow's. I, uh, I was sitting there going, I, I thought, thought, thought it for like this. I was, and then it was because of the. Go ahead. <laughs> you two constantly. Well, it's a cross-table thing here. <laughs> it's because of the time frame of it. Why? How would he have his kid if it's been? Five in eight years since he's been. I'm right there with you. Like, oh, please don't let that be his. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. I what confused me here was there's this whole thing uh, where he's when he's going to visit his brother and uh, his sister-in-law, sister-in-law, because uh, his brother is yes. now with Eo's sister. His, oh, yes. oh, oh, his, his sister-in-law. Yes. His, his, yeah, his yeah, sister in law. It, it sister -in -law. sounds way grosser than it is. But they're talking about yeah, all these other children around, and there's yeah. a children there's a child who runs up and sits on his knee and touches mm -hmm. it. And then it comes and then his brother makes a reference to this is our first. And I was really confused at this portion, going, Well then who are all these other kids that are in here? <laughs> if this baby yeah. is your and Dio's first, yeah. who are all these other children? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I won't lie. I don't pay attention a lot to that. And this is what's horrible. Uh, but I don't pay attention very closely to the family dynamics know. that are going on here. I, I guess I don't want to say I don't care, but I don't sit around and register. But you're right. I don't know. I, what are and, these? And, I don't know. And I liked the description about, oh, oh, you know, well, she looks like what EO could have looked like. And that look, yeah, Of course he's going to be thinking that looks like what my kid looks like because it's my brother and her sister. So <laughs> it's the same genetics. Yeah, yeah they're going to look very, very similar. Um, I, I like here, though, again, that EO keeps being brought up as, as you know she was such a catalyst before but again she doesn't and this is but she didn't think far ahead enough like yeah. what's gonna happen well, and this, this has been since uh golden sun when yeah. he went back home where he kind of realizes like you was maybe, an ideologue but didn't know how to end this maybe thing. you know what when i was a kid i really liked the nightmare before christmas but i watched it as an adult now i don't yeah, oh, kind of I thing. love it. I love <laughs> that. That's that yeah, actually, that that actually my life. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, sort of thing, you know, it's, his home was just this mystical place, and Eo was this magical woman, and he comes back, and he's like, this place is a dump. She was a scrawny chick yeah. who didn't really have that great of an idea. She just propelled me to you go on this crazy-minded... Yeah. Now, how do we end this? How, what's mm -hmm. the end game? She didn't have one. Yeah. You know what they say. You can never go home again. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So was it? I'm going back to this darn kid thing because now I'm stuck in. <laughs> wasn't it that Dio though was married beforehand? Okay, and then didn't. That after, sounds right. Okay, I want to say that one of them was married to that, someone else beforehand, and then that, either husband or wife died, and then they got married, and then okay. those are like stepkids or something. That would like explain that. the big but thing I about don't remember. the big point that. Uh, Kieran made about this is our first. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. probably very important because like in the next yeah. book, yeah. Well, uh, this I'm is, sure this will be the big. Yes, thing. an Iron Gold. Is Iron the Gold is tribe. <laughs> Iron Gold is all. About oh yeah. Kids. Both of them had their spouses die. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. both of them. Did. So yeah. it is so their first. Their oh, first. Okay. Whereas the rest are like. Wow, the extended uh, family. Yeah. Good, good. Okay. Thank it's you, like, Red Rising Wiki. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, but it's, this. I mean, really, honestly, why? Why this never? This isn't in my notes. Is because this really is definitely filler. 
Yeah, yes. but it, but it mm-hmm. is good filler. Once we left the hotel room, or the hotel room, <laughs> once we left the hospital room, yeah. I really, you know, I the parts between him and his mother in the hospital mm-hmm. room were good. Were, and were, were, were poignant and touching where she talked about, I had given up my child and yeah. here you are. Yeah. And I'm sorry for that. I agree. Very poignant. And then we went into this and... I wanted more poignant mem- moments, and then I'm just like, yeah, nah, th- yeah. never mind. I'm good now. <laughs> th- th- yeah. This was a shot. This was a shot for this one snippet of, well, that's what genetically my kid would look like. Right, right. right. That's all this scene was for. That's, that's all it was for. But we're going to continue on through chapter nine, the city of Ares, uh, and I like this scene of Ragnar and Sephiro playing with kids. It's trippy. Yeah, if, if that last part felt like a little bit of a drag, this part at least would make it like cinematically. <laughs> this would be hilarious. And all these little low color kids that are climbing over Ragnar. Yeah, and he's exactly. just taking it and having fun. Yeah. And Severo is just kind of twisted here, though, of yeah. his eyes moment. Okay, Severo's got some new eyes, just to let you know, <laughs> and they're narrows. Can, can I can I say I hate just, this? That is, I, I like the visual. Weird. I, really I like the like visual this. of, I guess you know, actual like red red eyes in yeah. in somebody with gold hair. Oh, like this, like, well, he, he's the goblin. You know, he is kind of like this weird looking gold anyway. You know what? Yeah, screw you guys. I got red eyes now. But they're Daryl. Like, yes, it it kind of feels it kind of feels like you let yeah. it spit in your mouth. Like yeah, <laughs> 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 that weird little He's lapdog that likes Darryl. this type of is it is it is it wrong <laughs> that I took it? That so I, bad I said that. <laughs> but I did. I I'm like this is creepy. If I was Daryl, I'd be like, what what. Did you just do? And he does say well, it is creepy, can, but he kind now, of admires it. Now I can keep I, a part of you with I don't me know, always. I, yeah, I don't know that I take this as admiration. I'd really start to not. I'd worry about Daryl's. Daryl, your hair tastes different. I have now. always <laughs> worried about Severo's mental well, okay, state. Well, we're supposed to. In all honesty, yeah, uh, I have always worried I'm about actually, yes. Well, come on. Every, he, he never has a chance with every woman he falls in love with. <laughs> they all die horribly in front of him. His best friend went away. His only True. real friend went away. This is He's trying to keep some part of yeah. him. And, hey, well, his eyes are in a bag yeah. here. I tell you what, put him in me. But you know what? I feel this is... <laughs> and the, they've lasted this, this long, though. But I, I agree with you guys that all this entire book, that's been the charm of Severo, is that he is bizarre and weird and does odd things. I feel that... This might just be that step too far. Well, and where see, you is, kind of as a character, like some people are going to be like, "This was really weird. Not, this, this is, is the, this is the beginning of the change in Severo's character since Daryl yeah. has disappeared. He's seeing things through different eyes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> since, no, since he disappeared, <laughs> and things that I hate that Pierce has done with Severo's character. Ooh, oh, really? Oh, one. good. Good. Oh. Oh, good. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And we're still we're City of War right now, or Aries. Yeah, City of Aries, yeah. yeah. I like it how after, though, that they leave and Severo has this bag and, oh, it's just candy this time. What did you bring these kids the last time? (laughs) I'm I'm really kind of troubled. And again, going back to his character. And then we get this moment of them wheeling poor Darrow in his wheelchair down the hallway. Right. With the banter back and forth between Ragnar and Severo. Yeah. yeah, I hate, no, keep it. No, no, uh, this good. this entire chapter of chapter nine actually feels like I feel like he jumped the shark a little bit on this whole chapter. From the just because there's a sea demon reference doesn't this, mean he has to jump a shark. Well, yeah. that's that's why I put that in there. Is because we we have several. I feel going too far with the eye thing, which makes us go what? And then we have several telling this story about Ragnar and the sea demon and how he had to cut his way out of his butt. I'm like either. This is a fake story that's meant for comedic effect, mm. and if it is real, it's almost comic bookish. Like, really? Yeah. It's like 
I don't know. I thought Severus was just I trying feel, to hide stuff. I feel like there's bit. myths and of that. Like almost like you're going back to Greek and 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 albeit Nordic myths of you know he swam in the Nordic Sea. It's Beowulf. For, it's Beowulf, but. You don't actually apply that to real life, then. Like I know you're making your quasi myth, but when you actually canonize that as the, hey, that actually happened, it's almost a step too far. You jump the shark in trying to appeal to myth, and it's Drax cutting out of the abelisk. It's Beowulf cutting out of the sea, mo- cutting out of the inside of the yeah. sea monster after he's swallowed. But it's you it, don't actually go as far as to say he climbed, he Ace ventura and climbed <laughs> up his rear end. But I feel that's what he did as a co- a comedy piece, and it's a step too far. Because it, it doesn't, or if Ragnar, or if when he's telling this and talks about Ragnar climbing out of the guy's, climbing out of the <laughs> monster's butt, if Ragnar would have slammed him against the wall, as if like, no, that didn't, that's not part of the story. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, but Ragnar, right. meanwhile, just picks him up and throws him away. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then I starts pushing the wheelchair. Himself. I just felt some of the things in that chapter Eating were odd. His, where, where's my chocolate? Where's my peanut butter bar? Yeah. All of a sudden, Ragnar picks up Severo, throws him back, and all. All Daryl can hear is chewing above him yeah. as Ragnar's pushing his yeah. Like, what weird comic effect did we need this scene for? You know what I feel? I feel like... Uh, I was okay with it. I feel, I feel Pierce Brown writes as a stream of consciousness, consciousness sometimes. He came home late one night from a club, eating Doritos, <laughs> just sat down. You know what Severo should do? Mother, sits down his computer. See, it's right after Halloween. He just stole the salted nut roll from his kid's bag. He's had a bunch of he's had a bunch of monsters in him, and he's just and writing this one. Later on, there's going to be a moment where it seems like forced humor, and yeah. we might have pre-podcasted about this, Bob. Yeah, okay. A certain moment that we both were not happy with later in the book. Okay. Where it seemed very forced humor. To me, this one didn't seem as forced, even though no, that's where I, your no, I, I agree, and I don't know that it was forced. It just seemed out of place. Oh, uh, yeah. Ace Ventura is a good. Uh, maybe that's what it was. I was feeling Ace Ventura off of it, and I was like, "Well, uh, oh, yeah, when he climbs out of the rhinos, but yeah, yeah definitely." <laughs> but um, yeah. but where we end on a really cool visual. I love this this visual of them being in st- the refugees in the city, and they're in a stalactite and everything. Very cool. And times are rough. Yeah, I love times it. are this, very rough. It's a slum. Yeah. And I'm just picturing yeah. like when you look on like, uh, was it Rio? When they show Rio, oh, yeah, they see the favelas. They go through the favelas. They're like and built they on each other, yeah. and it's slummy, Very and good. steppy, and kind of half assly built. <laughs> We're <laughs> not on Ready not Player One. Anybody living in Rio? <laughs> <laughs> you have a very nice city, nice statue. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like all right, player right, one, one building up all these things on top of each other. Yeah, that's true. Convenient that book is right there. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. chapter 10, The War. Uh, first note, I, I, I wrote this down. I texted Bob yeah. when I, after I read it. Um, Roke O butt-sucking Fabi. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like, Severo is so... I, I'm a child, and if you if you put like butt cheeks or butt-sucking, I'm going to laugh my butt <laughs> off. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's a huge data dump. Uh, basically, Roke is good in space. It's kind of funny. Right here I have data dump. The moons of Jupiter have gone into rebellion. Mustang has been leading that fight. The second moon's in rebellion. Let Neil explain the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Still not sure how this works out here. All right, so going back to it, there has been the resistors that were sided with Daryl. Yeah. And there's the loyalists. I'm going to go back to the map just to make sure I'm saying yeah. everything right here. And this is actually the first time I've gone back to this map. Right. Not even during reading have I gone back to the map. Oh, really? But I want to make sure. You want to make sure. I want to make sure. And there's the arguments. And the loyalists, there's a moment where all of a sudden things separate. And we get moon lords who are on the outer rim, if you will, past the asteroid belt. 
And they're not happy with how different tax things have happened. All they're the 13 like colonies. They're like the 13 colonies. They're the 13 people, colonies. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they are, Mustangs helping them more so. And that right. I'm thinking that happened during this little nine-month period where right. after something happened. And there is a moment where it is later where it actually does explain it. And we're not going to say anything right yeah, now. Yeah, we're not going to hide this. Yep, you're welcome yeah. there, Luke. And there's the loyalists, but the loyalists are still even separated as well a bit. There's the jackal, and then there's... Earth, Luna, Venus, and Mercury. Right. The Jackal just is sitting there on Mars, and that's about it for yeah. them. And they have the Sword Armada gets sent with broke a butt-sucking <laughs> Fabi. <laughs> and he is a complete, completely ridiculous in space, and mm-hmm. he has not been beaten ever. Is the yeah. way that they're saying, and that comes to later moments where and they keep referring like, to him as they keep referring to him as like yeah. the poet general and yes. the or the poet admiral, and he's yeah. he he is he's the warrior, and they keep mm-hmm. referring to him as the warrior poet, which I saw him as at the beginning because evidently every time he like blows up, every time he like wins a battle, he will do like some big rant, he'll do like some big like freestyle rant, <laughs> something yeah, <laughs> something like that and, yeah, but yeah, and he's beating everything back, and it seems like well. What is then, in my mind, what is Severo doing with the Suns at this time? Yeah. Well, what he, he's, he's released the tape. He released the tape of the... Of Daryl being carved. I love that because he's now, yeah. he's made uh, Daryl a messiah. Yeah. Right, yeah. And he's made him larger. Every, everybody, everybody thinks he's dead, you know what, and they're like, well, this is why they killed him. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But when, that's all I see Severo doing is just the weird... He's just kind of doing back things. What, what? has he been doing yeah. this whole time? Yeah, and it's it, it's almost like he doesn't understand strategy anymore. Yeah, yeah, like a like emo- little too emotional, if you will. A little too emotional, and it just seems like he's flailing so much at this point right. that he's just right. he's doing it, and it comes up later on that he's just well, yeah, I've been flailing for these reasons, but mm-hmm. yeah, but he's just flailing and he's just doing stuff to do stuff. He's doing stuff to almost keep himself busy at this yeah. point, right. and he really has no long term plan here. I, that right. does not I, surprise me with yeah. several. I feel like he's more of a. Well, I'm doing this now. I I, I agree. I you, think he's, yeah, he's you good as me off, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna find you and kill you. Yes. He's a, he's a good as a as a sidekick and sending in as your Navy SEAL. He's he's not the guy you want leading your forces. You know, no, no, he's he's Murdoch. Yeah, Murdoch doesn't lead the Murdoch doesn't lead the A team. <laughs> what a great reference! That is exactly <laughs> oh beautiful. Um, so, uh, so we're on to chapter eleven. My people, uh, Darrow sits with Ragnar and he muses over this. Him, he's now a leader and a savior, right? Uh, and Darrow gains renewed vigor from his thoughts on his people, and they they follow him because they see the real him. All of this kind of stuff. Uh, it's a nice interlude. I think it's needed. Uh, it slows things down, but you need that in this book. Well, um, it, it it does. He's not a hundred percent right away. Yeah, which yeah, I, all still, this all this stuff is taking on while he's recuperating. Right. While mm-hmm. he's get, while he's working on both getting his or all all together getting his body, mind, and mind and soul back. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I like the fact that it wasn't just automatically like, oh, well, I I, I had a Shakeology and now I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you, Danny. Uh, so, but you know, I, I totally I totally agree with you guys, uh, and I love I like that Brown lingers kind of on this. He has all these musings on how in, incredibly difficult this is going to be, and I love that this author knows that what he is positioning his character to do is in a lot of ways impossible. 
You know, but it doesn't matter. I mean, this is a story. This is science fiction. You go with it anyway. And he gives just enough justifications that it makes it work. Mm-hmm. We're going along with this story, knowing that this is a really mm-hmm. po- impossible well, task. And one of the things that has happened here, or that we found out here too, while we're going through this whole recuperation montage here, and it's really a right. it's really a mind and soul recuperation that he's trying to get through here. Uh, Dancer's alive. Yeah. Yeah. I like does this. anyone stay dead in here? Oh wait, Lauren does. <laughs> oh no! Spoilers. That was last book. Pax Telemachus. <laughs> oh. <Bats! laughs> he has been immortalized in ship form. Mm. Uh, <laughs> no, yes. that's already been we've there. Been, we've been there. Oh yes, we've been there. No. Yes. No, yes. we're not there yet. No, in Golden yes, Sun. We are. In Golden Sun, that's when he named it. Oh, I'm it. talking about this book. Oh, okay, okay. True. True. <laughs> True. Oh, and look what happens. <laughs> Yes, but da- dancers there, um, dancers dancer, our our our, our <laughs> dancer, that dancer that is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> he's our, he's a, he's another one. He's another one that comes across as just like he's the limping golden sage, and it's yes. almost, it's almost like for me, it's almost Dennis Hopperish at this point for, yes. da- for dancer. Mm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that reference. Yeah, no, no, nope. <laughs> still clapping my mind. Still <laughs> but on to chapter twelve, uh, the Julie. Mm, Victra. Uh, yeah. Right. Daryl goes to talk to Victra and try to convince her to join the Sons of Ares. She's strapped to a bed. Mm. I like this. Scene. That was good. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the end of phrasing. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it. No, but that, that was the end yeah. of. Again, you can't. We're not giving automatic trust to everybody at this point. No. That, that was the end of uh, chapter eleven too. Was that he has three things that he wants. Yeah, because he's kind of coming back around, and all of a sudden everybody's like, all right, he's getting his head back on his shoulders. Yep. Yeah, but there's three things that I want, and you're not going to like the third one. Yes. Yep. Tell Mustang I'm alive, get Mickey to get me back into shape, and you're not going to like the third thing. It must be Victra. <laughs> yep. Just because of the because it, because chapter 11 ends, we go into chapter 12, and it's named the July. Yeah. So it's got to yep. be Victra. Right. Um, and, okay, just to go like on what Victor. we always go through on this, yeah. I pronounce it Julie. I said Julie too. Okay, I yeah. said Julie. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Julie. That's uh, just me. I'm I, weird. From from yeah. Julian. Um, but oh yeah, yeah. But she is she, oh, with the, you know, the month. Yeah, July. Uh, July. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys. Uh, it's all about her independence. No, I, I don't. Know. Um, she's. Her, I, I love this conversation that Darrow and Victra have. And yeah, uh, I'm really feeling for, said, for Victra here. Like I never have. She talks about I, how uh, verbatim. I love how these two are written. Is what I wrote. Down. Really? Yeah. yeah like, I, I'm right there with you, man. I, I love this. Uh, and how about how. How he says he never mm-hmm. trusts her, and she says that she wouldn't have cared that he was a red. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, and he uns- he unstraps her, and she joins him. This is going to start what will be a long process for me in this book of becoming a huge Victor fan. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I and there's these quotes in here that she, she, Already throw, was, she throws record. out. Okay. Yeah. Always team Victor. She throws out as the opposite of Antonia. Yeah. Because they're sisters. Mm-hmm. Yes. But they have sisters. But they Correct. well, yes. But they both claim to be their father's daughter. Yep. I and so there's the, there's the ex- mm. there's the exchange or is it fathers or mothers? Mothers, because it's the same mother. Different yeah, father. same mother. Different. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. They both claim to be their mother's daughter, but they're so vastly different. But they're they can be both so cold at times. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. And with Victra here, I. L- I do, like you said, I become a huge fan of yep. her here as the tough, independent woman. Yep, yep. She's just a Julie from the block. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's golden. Uh, I mean, the, yeah, that, yeah, that is, yeah, 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 hit him. Hit him with the <laughs> throw the book at him. God. But, but you know what? When, 
I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there all the way to the end. Um, we kind of have Victra and we've got Mustang, and up until this, I have been rooting for for the much Mustang Darrow thing. I'm gonna probably make tons of fans of this series mad with this statement, but by trajectory thrown out by the end of this book, I'm I am Team Victra. Screw Mustang. Oh really? I, yeah. I mean, when, when I say when I say yeah. I'm a fan of Victor, I don't mean in the romantic sense with Darrow. Yeah. I just no, really no, and it will never be romantic sense with Darrow. But like, he probably should have gone. He probably should have gone for her. And, and you know, and he does say that, like you know, yeah. in, in another life. Yep. But and I'm but, for that. But he should have. But see, in another life, can she? No. And see, that's mm-hmm. the thing is, I really read. Yep. Yes, Victra. V- the way Victra was raised, the way the way her character is fleshed out <laughs> here by Pierce, she won't allow herself to have those emotions. She yeah. may have at one time, but those no, those dis- no. This I don't need you. Mm-hmm. I don't need anybody. Oh, Victra in book three. Yeah, Victra. I don't, I don't know that she's going to stay that way. I don't need anybody. Iron Gold comes out. I am a strong five days. I I will do, you know, know. we had this whole flirting thing at the beginning, and that was, like like I said in the last book, is, is she really flirting with him and acting that way because she wants him, or is she doing it because this is the challenge? You know what? And I see here going into this portion, too, where she tells him, I wouldn't have cared if you were a red. I wouldn't care about anything. Yeah. If you were... Nobody's honest with me in my entire damn life, and you no. were... And I thought you were honest, honest with yeah, me. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's going to be... And again, no spoilers here, but I do feel that through the rest of this book, it's amazing to me how close Victra will be painted always with Darrow, and she's kind of always there. She's always got his back, it seems, through the rest of this book, and how... Alien from Daryl Mustang is through a lot of the rest of this book until the end when it's when they try to sandwich them together at the end and it it's, doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing it out there. By the I'm, end all, of this book. I'm already on opposite sides of you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see there. what you so, think. By I the can end of understand the where yeah. Bob yeah. is coming from here on it, yeah. and I think he's oh, so. Over. We roll into part two here. Yeah, uh, well, we come up on the end of yes. part one into the beginning of part two. Rage. <sighs> So enter part two of Morningstar Rage. And you know what we we could really use right now? A montage. Yeah. Yeah, come on, come on, war rep! You got it! You got the war rep! Got it! Okay, anyway, uh, chapter, chapter 13, The Howlers. Chapter 13 is just bench pressing. Yeah. Victra <laughs> and Daryl working out, working out, bench pressing. And I I love the fact that people keep, all the low colors keep wandering by it. Like, they're placing bets on what the, on what uh, the golds are able to bench press. Yeah. And then Ragnar comes up and blows them both out of right. the water. Yeah. I, I would I expect love this. nothing less. <laughs> Ragnar comes up and like clean jerks like a ton. Yeah. <laughs> a literal ton. Basically. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? Uh, Victor and Darrow have been carved back to normal at this point and they're regaining their strength. And you know what? Thank you for skipping that. I don't, yeah. I don't need more carving scenes. I don't need any no, of that. No, 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 no. Let's jump back into just some like. Just straight up jock. I love this <laughs> bench pressing. With the whole jock idea, though, it's interesting because bringing that up, mm-hmm. they're still on the B team. 
<laughs> they yeah, have not made it to the varsity yet. That's they are true. on the B team of the Pit Vipers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love that they're called the Pit Vipers. Yeah, ragtag, uh, ragtag bunch, but I love these guys. Uh, this yeah, is, this yeah. is really great. Daryl, Victor, and Holly, B team, they've gone on some low-priority missions to get back into the swing of things. Um, so, but then... Uh, I had forgotten here that Holly is... When I got to this part, I would forgotten that Holly is technically a gray. Yes. Yeah. That she's technically a gray, but she's working out with the golds. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, right, she, right. She's right. a very accomplished gray. So, okay. so the 13th, what do you expect? A dragoon. <laughs> so, but now, which we find out, which we find out now that Holly, or we're reminded here that Holly was a member of the 13th Regiment. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. And so she was a she was a member of that elite gray reg that elite gray regiment, but now she's defected, of course, to the the good guys, right? Mm-hmm. But then, okay, going along yeah, with this uh, preppy, we're working out montage yeah. thing. Then all of a sudden, they're in the showers mm-hmm. and they're attacked by Ragnar, Severo, and the Howlers, and they go through this like weird I hazing. Was, I was actually, I was actually, I so went, I so went Starship Troopers here. Yeah, I, I want to get everybody's feelings on this because mm-hmm. I. W- so they're they're beat up, they're hogtied, they're forced to oh, drink just, and dur- eat dur- cockroaches dur- and the, the, the beat up thing. Like I'm like, oh man, they. Of, of course, the jackal found them. Of course, he did. He, yep. he had them tracked. He had spot, he of had course, he's got something. spies in the city of Ares. He has something, and then you know it comes yep. around to the hazing process, which I'm okay with. Which does it's it. totally you several. Are, for mine, I picture this going back to when they were back at the institute. Yeah, oh, definitely. several of all right, howlers. This is what you got to do to be part of me. Here's I can picture him out in the woods doing this weird stuff. Probably even worse stuff back then. Now he's still carrying it on, and for him, it's the sacred moment because the howlers are his. Okay, he okay. So, so you think he sees it as a sacred moment? Okay, because several's just weird. Let's you go might, over that again. You Several might make weird, you might so. make this better for me because I won't lie. I, I hated this mm. part. I like actually really hated this because I'm like, okay, you have you have just brought him back from the brink, and we are in this epic struggle to free his people, and mm. all of a sudden I'm in a teen movie where somebody's getting hazed in a shower. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is so petty and ridiculous no, and just, little. Totally Severo. Oh, see, I, see, I, like I went human. All. I went human. Uh. This is this is so human because with all of this other stuff that's going on, with all of these you know big huge moon battles and all this other stuff, all these other things going on, this is okay. We got to go through. We have to go through like the kitschy human rite of passage. Yeah. If you're gonna, if you're really going to be back and you're really going to be with us, this is what we do. Uh, and the to to because he never had to do this. He was just the after we got out of the institute, he was just the leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just see he it. was just, I just he was just the big man on campus, and I I like the humanity of this. And I've said humanity about nine that, times nine during times. this podcast. Yeah. And see, I like how Pierce really brings back the humanity in this right. book. Right. And yeah. see, and I just got disconnected from it because I did. I I saw it as all the things I hate, kind of that really preppy college kind of, mm-hmm. you know. And I just I hated that. It immediately almost separated me as a person from all of this. Oh, going, you went, you oh, went, you went preppy college. I went old school where they're where they're holding the cinder blocks with the rope tied to them and blindfolded, throw it over you the know wall, what? You and know nothing's what? really dangerous. But, but see. Klobsy, then I wish you would have been there speaking into people's ears as they were writing this because I agree. If this would have been some sort of military kind of like, yeah, we're going to make spiritual, like you said, uh, Neil, we're like, okay, we're going to take you outside somewhere. You're going to do this stuff, you know, like as a rite of passage to go back into combat and we're going to 
white blood on your face and uh, stuff or whatever. This was in a shower, and they're just almost like I, I was waiting, waiting for the rape to happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. sorry, that was too far. Why, why, are like, they, you know, why are they getting him drunk? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they were getting him drunk, and they're doing all this. Stuff. To me, this didn't feel like a spiritual rite of passage human moment. It's, I will give, that, I will give you that it went on too long. Yeah, okay. And it, it was that I don't know. You got that that one weird kid in class. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, he's the cool kid, and like, you know what, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make you eat bugs. Yeah. Like, but see, but see just, even what... Several, it's just a weirdo. But even what you're saying, Luke, everybody's been referring to them as, uh, I'm seeing it as this weird kid and whatever. Again, we're going back to adolescence mm-hmm. when we're referring to these. At this point, these guys have have been in the middle of this Im- immense... Uh, I don't want to call it intergalactic, but, you know, uh, war that they're fighting. Interplanetary. Interplanetary conflict. This feels like we're taking a back step to something that should have happened in book one, but shouldn't be happening anymore. But did any of these... Any of these characters, anybody in this in this society of the higher colors, whether you're talking gray, um, gold, none of them actually had an adolescence. Yeah, the true, yeah, true. Yeah, that this is from them. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. very good point. Very good. That point. is good. That's good. You guys are helping me like this yeah. scene better. You're welcome. Yeah, I know, yeah. um, but I agree, it went on way too long. Yeah, yeah. I. I Zero problems with it. I felt it, it it fit the character of Severo and the Howlers and who they were. Right. Um, but this is Severo all- has sacred texts, which I think is really funny that he says that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Dancer and Nerol enter at the end, and they say they have found Quicksilver on Phobos. All and right. I love. I do like the fact that Severo, or excuse me, the Dancer comes in here and is just like. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> this is sacred. You're not invited. <laughs> you're, sacred. you're not it's supposed sacred. to be here. We've been looking everywhere for y'all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they found uh, Quicksilver is the Jackal's quote-unquote silent partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we get we and, have heard and, and we get some backstory because we've had brief mentions of Quicksilver in yes. the last couple books, right? But we've never even really had the Silvers explained to not, us. Not at all. Mm-hmm. And but we're gonna get it, and especially here, Chapter Fourteen, the Vampire Moon. And yeah, and we find out that Quicksilver is the. Runs the basically he runs the banking consortium. Mm-hmm. I just want yeah. a quick segue here. I think Vampire Moon was a millennial emo band that you could buy at Hot Topic. How do you know this? <laughs> I'm not. I know uh, actually. <laughs> actually, you know, no, that was my band, and we never made it that big. <laughs> I thought I thought, I thought Vampire Moon was the the brand name on the dog collar you could buy at Hot Topic. <laughs> Vampire it's something in Hot Topic. What is it with Hot sure. Topic all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's called like Vampire Moon. <laughs> I had no connection to that. Yeah, it was a character um, on Sailor Moon. Um, I'm just kidding. But uh, if there's nothing that... I, Pierce Brown can really create awesome visuals like we've said a million times. Phobos is this 12-kilometer moon covered in spiky towers and docking rings. Very cool. Very and cool. if you're on a moon and you, you know, that's what a moon with skyscrapers built into it would look like. Yeah, exactly. It would exactly. look like this weird big spiky star. Right, and what I love about it, again, he constantly drills home kind of the science, if I use that term loosely, mm-hmm. of, you know, not really being gravity, so you're not, you know, you can build it all crazy and there's heights. And there's no, like, you know, snow globe uh, atmosphere around here. It's yeah. just, the only atmosphere is within the towers. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I, which I really like. It's, it, we're told that Darrow and all the howlers have suicide teeth that are yeah. put into them. I really like this, you know, this, this is kind of cool. Uh, and now yeah, it's this, your first mission on the A team. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> yeah right. really, really, this chapter is just a uh, a tour of Phobos. And again, right. why you don't let the, why you don't let Murdoch run the A team? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's fine. Is this? I, 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 I wrong. Kind of, kind of what I took it. Like Victra learns that it's her family that runs Phobos. 
Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the July crates everywhere, um, and I, I liked this because again, it harkened back to the industrialization of the society at this yeah, point. Right. And okay, on how her family, she, maybe she never really realized how her family is making made their fortune essentially or kept their fortune on so much on the backs of the lower colors. Right. Yeah. Right. And we get this new guy that, or we, we, well, let's go through the whole plan yeah, here. Right, yeah. So so they meet up with this guy named Rolo, who's a, a red worker, and he, he works on these massive towers. Again, I feel uh, Brown is going back to what he did in Red Rising, where I, I feel like um, EO and who we're introduced to are supposed to be kind of turn-of-the-century migrant workers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in textile mills. He returns to that whole idea where this is almost like New York, I feel like. Turn oh, of century, oh New York, that's what I felt. Where we have these big skyscrapers and, and, and they're living in the gutters and the company doesn't pay much and there's indentured servants and there too. You have and, to, and the company only pays for you to get there. Yeah, right. If you want to go home after your tour is done, you have to earn enough money mm-hmm. for yeah, passage the, the, the back home. The descriptions here, it's genuinely gross and just terrible. And I like Rolo. Right. I like Rolo because he's a little he's a little smart alecky, and he's right. he's not phased by these golds, the obsidian, and the bunch of grays that just got off the right. that, or that just mm-hmm. climbed out of a crate. Right. I picture a lot of these visuals down on street level to be a lot like uh, the dystopian '80s Blade Runner kind of mm-hmm. thing. Shout out to next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, I, and there's a gen, there's a Johnny Mnemonic aspect here too. With, oh yeah, with yeah. the homeless pe- with the homely with the homeless people who are waiting for the crank. Yeah, and are trying oh, yeah. to right, get, right, and are yeah. trying you know are constantly trying to get the drugs because they can't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they can't work anymore means they can't go home. And the company doesn't care about the company doesn't even like care that they're there or care that. To like try to pay to clean them up because they're just the homeless yeah. fodder. Right. Ragnar cares. Yep. And I feel there's a they're they're right How here. How could you leave these people here like this? And it's their choice. I feel there's a big uh, turning point for Darrow, at least for me and how I'm reading him. And maybe it was said before, but I didn't catch it. Um, but he is changing yet again, and I feel again where every book Pierce is putting his character through that kind of womb of the earth and coming mm. forth as a change. Now that he has been re you know, he's built his body back. He's come from the death or the the pit once again. Before his entire rise has been about liberating his people, the Reds, a lot of the time. And here, as he goes through this city, he starts worrying about the bombs and how it will kill all members of society, you know, all the way up through that pyramid. And I feel like now we're seeing Darrow not as the leader of the rebellion that will bring about the Reds uprising, mm-hmm. but a leader of men, like mm-hmm. of all mankind. Like he, he's going to come now and, and he's, he's going to transform society. He finally mm-hmm. is like taking that on himself. And and starting to take on himself too, understanding the civilian casualty aspect yeah. of war. Yeah. Mm. Which I think is really good. I, I I feel like a lot of times in sci-fi that is something that is overlooked. Sci-fi tends to get really big with, you know, ships and destroying planets and then I had friends on that Death Star. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there had to be general contractors in there somewhere. Yeah, I know the, <laughs> the millions of people that die in some of these epic struggles, it's nice to see somebody referencing the humanity of that mm-hmm. and the loss of life. If if only in words, because millions will die, die in this book. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Are we uh, chapter fifteen? Fifteen, the hunt. hunt. Yeah, yeah. The sun's break into Quicksilver's building. Um, we get a little bit more knowledge. Cool. 
cool, cool scenes with the, as they're climbing up the walls with, I'm the, seeing, with I'm the, hearing, the magnets. I'm hearing James Bond music. Yeah, as yeah. It's, it's Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. They're climbing up. I heard Mission Impossible. And they ha- yeah. and I like the fact that they he he had referenced before that there's no atmosphere on the moon. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And I like and he keeps with that because in order for them to cut the hole in the in the window to get into the skyscraper, they have to put the the like force bubble, bubble over right. it. Yeah. Otherwise, they'd cut the hole and everything would be sucked yeah. out of the yeah. skyscraper. The entire building would go inside out. Yeah. I, I like played a lot of Tom Clancy's Red Cell. I'm seeing a lot of this here. <laughs> I like how because there was a question I had back in book two was. Well, how the heck did Karnas break Darrow's arm in the first place? That's right. Sort of the whole thing, and it was the callback mm. there of, oh, wait, we tried this before. It was mm. Victra, Tactus, Roke, Darrow. We tried this climbing plan. Well, he broke my arm. We barely got out. I'm like, oh, crap. Is this already? They're going to fail. Is Karnas right. alive? Wait, no. Never mind. Karnas yeah. is not alive. <laughs> crap, right. There's no way he's going to break his arm again during um, this plan. And sneaking in here yeah. and, you know, popping into, you know, falling into the museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, and I like as they're going throughout the throughout yeah. the museum here, and they're you know you, you see them sneaking, and you see them you right. know doing the Tom Clancy through yeah. the through <laughs> the museum. I I like. Oh, yeah, I was playing Splinter Cell right here. Yeah, I agree. Ooh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, but yeah too, the yeah. fact that they make the revelation here of this is really all just gold and silver pop culture things that are in this mm-hmm. museum. I don't think this is actually for Quicksilver. I think this is part of like. What he's putting out that, what he's putting out for the golds and yeah. for the people that he lends money to and that he makes money off of because right. that's what he thinks that they should have. I, I love that he I, refers to 21st century art as ostentationism. Yeah. <laughs> it's been given a name. I, uh, and they keep walking by rooms and like, what right, is right. that? I am art. going. <laughs> yeah, my picture here is they're very very slow though. Because he talks about yes. the gravity. If okay. they weigh 800 pounds I, I, wa- I wanted to bring this up as oh. kind of a, a, an aside, uh, mm-hmm. as kind of a weird thing. Uh, I love it in this book. I do feel, because we know that this is being talked about as being made into a, a movie, I am not looking that the movie will at all do what's no. actually on the page right. here. Yeah. Because when we get to this tower, we find out Quicksilver's from Earth. Mm-hmm. So the tower has Earth's gravity. And so when he drops through, Darrow says he weighs 800 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like any studio who makes this as a movie will say, we need to have people connect with who our main character is. And they will slim him down, for the most part, to be no bigger than, like, Thor but, or something. But like, no, we but, will be seeing a normal-sized human. And see, I took it that... This was Darrow's perception, so it wasn't actually that he was 800 pounds. It's just mm. that all of a sudden, because it's the higher oh. gravity, he feels like he's 800 right. pounds. And yeah, maybe he's not. But I mean, we are told, isn't he, well over seven feet tall? Because I, well, because he's we, 2.1 meters, which I looked up because I was bored one day. Yes. <laughs> it's like six, seven, or six, eight. Oh, okay. So he's not huge, so he shouldn't be. Whereas Ragnar is like seven feet tall. Seven feet tall. But with the higher gravity, you're, he's obviously you know, he's obviously gonna feel heavier and it's and it, it's the movement going yeah, through yeah, here. I, I think you're right. It's it, because just, we don't actually But don't, I don't feel he because just they feels heavy. Yeah, because but we I don't, don't actually get to the gravity he feels thing until heavier. Later. I think it states uh, I weigh, weigh now near, it's an unpleasant sensation weighing nearly eight hundred pounds. Yeah, I believe but it's just making a statement of Well plus armor plus but yeah, right. they, oh, yeah, they yeah, take yeah. everything off but though, and are very unarmored going through this. Yeah, they're just wearing, they're they're wearing, wearing like their skin Tom Clancy scarab. We do get that little, that, little yeah. nod, that little nod though, like, oh, the gravity is different here, wink, wink. Yeah. But I'm just um, throwing it out there. When this yeah. comes to screen, I don't think we're going to see uh, hulking 600 pound. And I will throw out a little 
you know, this will take us out of time here. Yeah, that's, that's and this fine. will put us, this will definitely put this podcast within age stamp. In age stamp. Within 2018. Okay. okay. I automatically went to, okay, who is Quicksilver? Quicksilver is the businessman. He is the money lender. He is the one who is constantly doing things with these other cultures and with these other colors. Mm-hmm. This is the art of the deal for me. Oh, this okay. is this is this is Donald Trump making sure that he sits in the higher chair, that his mm-hmm. chair is higher than the chairs of the other people he's making a deal with. This is Quicksilver going. The gravity's he- the gravity here is heavier. Therefore, that's going to make them uncomfortable, which is going to give me the advantage when I'm negotiating these deals. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I mean, even there, even there I, too, I, that's, too, a, that's good. Too, I like too, that. Yeah. To more of an extension. I, 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 actually, I wrote down page 121 uh, in my hardcover book. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it talks about war. Uh, it, uh, it, just, it hit a little close to home with me. Uh, war is just a three-letter word to these golds. Yeah. And that they're just able to sit here and ignore what is really happening, and it's just yeah. felt like so much like... America, yeah. like where we are right now, yeah. what's really going on in the world, and yeah, and I'm gonna say this a bunch. There's there's a lot in this that just feels very political, very close to home, very. But at the same time, what I'll say is crazy. This book was written before a lot of the things I think we're referencing. Oh no, I, I, this this whole happened, which I which I find uh, Pierce Brown way to go. Like I mean, way to make social commentary slightly before the time that it's actually needed. Yeah. I will point out that art of the deal has been out for twenty years. Okay, well that mm. that idea because I see where you're going, Claude. Mm-hmm. You're going with more the like I'm going to manipulate my surroundings so that I am on top of the people underneath me. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, Luke is referencing kind of modern politics, yeah. which I think is pretty pretty good on this book's part. For mm-hmm. But I agree. I think that's that's a good grab, Club. I like I like that. Because I think that's exactly why he does this. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It, it puts him, even with the golds, mm-hmm. he's the one who's more comfortable here. Yeah, because he's, he's the one who's on top. He's mm-hmm. the one who has the e, who has yep. an easier time functioning. Yep. Mm-hmm. And even if Brown wasn't trying to do that, he'll now claim that he did. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's a really good grab. That's a really good grab. Yeah. Um, uh, what, are we going to chapter 16, Paramore? Yeah. Paramore, uh, which is a weird band, right? <laughs> Okay, no, they are good. I say weird in a loving sense. I do like Paramore. Okay. I'm gonna come over to you. Uh, <laughs> they get into Quicksilver's room and they find uh Daryl's old pal Mateo. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, he's back. He's, but it's horrible. At first I, they beat the crap out of him. <laughs> and then they find out who he is. No, no, no. I know him. <laughs> as they've shattered his jaw. And oh. don't they talk about them stepping on his genitals? Yep. Well, yep. yeah, because he's a pink. It was so yeah. cr- oh he's my, a, I'm sorry. Oh, my he's God. A, he's a pink pleasure bot. And yeah. we, we get the like big reveal here later <laughs> oh, for who, yeah. who Mateo actually is. Yeah. But it was just that whole a- it was just that whole picture here. <laughs> I was going to say aspect. <laughs> you can say it. You haven't said Where it. Where I automatically, I, I, I thought he was a spy. I did. Yeah. I automatically jumped to Mateo's here because he's spying on Quicksilver, exactly. and these guys don't realize just, who just he is the crap because, he, because Severo's got his head up. Because I'm thinking because Quicksilver's well, a bad well, guy. I mean, Quicksilver's be, a bad guy because, yeah. because yeah. Quicksilver's a bad guy, and there's been such a disconnect since you know Fitchner sent him here. Yeah, Fitchner as oh, Ares yeah. sent oh, him right. here to be, spy on Quicksilver. Right. When Fitchner died, that was one of those secrets that died with Fitchner that Mateo is actually yeah, embedded over. Uh, yeah, I'm totally with you. That's exactly what I thought too. And I'm like, because I'm still under the impression Quicksilver is our big bad of the I, beginning of this book. Going to that, I feel like there's a time where it was almost set up where some people might think, well, maybe he's a double agent actually is working for Quicksilver. But I actually never thought that. 
in this. Just thinking because of the character. Just thinking back to his characterization yeah. in Red mm-hmm. Rising and who he was training, who he was training Darrow, and how we talked about when we talked about Red Rising, yeah. of him tra- him trying to train Darrow in the politics and how to act as a gold mm-hmm. and how to you know his how to establish his persona and like wrapping him on the knuckles when he grabs the wrong yes. fork as right. a pink wrapping a gold on yeah, the knuckles right. when he grabs yeah. the he's wrong got a fork. lot of moxie yeah and it made it so I never questioned him <laughs> yeah whereas other characters when they talk about different things it's like no are you and really I'm like him oh, no he's fine he's yeah. fine and good side I'll refer I'll reference it again because good. I just because I just reread Lord of the Flies mm-hmm. And so I had, I did all, all of a sudden have this whole a- aspect <laughs> of. We should have brought up your devolving. Oh my god, <laughs> they, they're gonna accidentally kill one of the characters here. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're gonna accidentally kill one of the guys who's actually on their side. Yep, right. Yeah, because really war, because they don't have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they don't. Have a, they they have going a plan. In. They're going to go get quick. So well, that's their plan. Between A and B, there might be like yeah. a it one, seven, two, eight, three, four, but it doesn't matter. Several but going because, nuts. But because okay. the Sons of Ares have devolved into this barbarian aspect of not of acting of rea- uh, excuse me of reacting rather right. than acting, mm, that right. it's going to be a reaction that oh it's just, it, he's a pink we'll just kill him. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So um, they make their way to room C nineteen. Uh, yeah, I looked up to see if there was any reference to this because now I've been primed from the rest of the book. Oh. Like, okay, C nineteen is this anything? I could find nothing. It is a, the name of the torrent fighter from the Clone Wars era in Star Wars, but I don't that's think right. you did. That's a I don't. Wow, think that's that a deep. Room, I don't know that a, the room would be named after a that's Star a Wars. But, okay, so yeah, yeah they, we're they throwing kill, that they one. Kill out. the guards. They bust in. They find Quicksilver Cassius two telemani. No, but wait, wait. The, Quicksilver stands bald before a window with a glass of wine in his hand in a robe. In a robe. I'm thinking James. I'm like, where's the Cat, <laughs> he should be stroking a cat. Here. Well, they just uh, punch the cat. But what a great, what a great Sorry. picture and a great description. That all of a sudden, because I'd forgotten that Quicksilver was a silver. I'd forgotten that yes. silver yeah, was a thing. was a color. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Until all of a sudden, yep. they describe the silver that's presiding over this meeting of gold. <laughs> yeah. That's how much power this dude yeah. has. I mean, he is standing yeah. at the window in his smoking jacket. <laughs> Is is a a silver that's in, about in his sixties and he has three eyes? Question mark. Oh, okay. Yeah. This was weird. Because and never brought up. Ever never again. brought up again. Because I'm like, okay, wait, what? Yeah, it's, I it's was like it's like thing. not really three eyes. It's like it's like a bionic thing in his ring or something. I don't. know. I didn't get it. I, I did it, and I actually just moved past it and didn't think about it. I did. Yes, I, and it's never take it's, the ring off. The eye is off. Put it on. It's it's never brought up it again. Connected, but it's like. So what is it? What for? For what? I don't know. It's like why is so it? So he can read documents well, really close. You know, well, no, and I'm holding my hand over you as you're sitting next to me as we're as we're discussing this at the table. Oh, and so maybe I could see your notes. I wish people could see what's happening right yes. now. We're all acting out what a <laughs> ring eyeball would be like and how we would read other people's notes surreptitiously. <laughs> hey, uh, let, me adjust, let me adjust the contact. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, we, we barrel into Chapter 17, Killing the Golds. And yeah. what? A, this was a complete surprise for me, them barreling into this meeting. Yeah. Mm. I knew something was up because because a big reveal at the end of that chapter, uh, Cassius is there, Aya, uh, Aya's sister, sister Moira, and Mustang. Well, are and there. they do make the comment right before they bust in, right before they bust into the conference room here. Yep. They do do Pierce does the, do the whole, you know, it's quiet. 
Too, too quiet. quiet. <laughs> I mean, we just killed the whole squad of Grey Guards, but something's quiet here. <laughs> Why is there only one? Yep, right, right. Why is there only one? Mm-hmm. Yep. But I love this. All hell breaks loose. There's this weird reference to something that I don't really know. Is it? Is it here? Wait, nope. I'm, Maybe. No, I'm sorry. Next chapter. I'll okay. save it. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, so all, all of a sudden this is the... Uh, this this is a matrix fight. Oh, I love it for sure. This is a matrix mm-hmm. fight. The pillars are blowing up. Things are going through mm-hmm. the pillars. People are flipping over pillars, mm-hmm. hiding behind other people. Um, yeah, of course, the Telemosis have to scream their names as they stand up. Oh, um, I love and I love the was jamming Daryl's comms during this whole thing. Oh yeah, oh, because I'm in charge. Yeah, again, uh, come on, Severo. And this this is my beginning here. Mm. Yeah. Well, actually, my beginning was the whole peanut bar thing. (laughs) (laughs) This is my... I don't... This is my beginning of Pierce. I don't like what you're doing with several here. I understand the whole conflict of, I've been in charge for so long because you left me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when Daryl starts trying to give orders, no, 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 no. I run this group. I brought you into this group. I don't care who you were before. Right. I'm the one in charge. Now. I'm the one in charge. Yeah. And it seems so very petty, even for Severo. To because me. Severo worships, or did worship mm. Darrow, it seems. He put his eyes in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I but know. He's, he's a different man here. It, yeah. It, true. Uh, just going back slightly, I do want to just quickly read this. I love that we get a description of the pulse fist really well, like what it does to a yeah. human. Oh, and I love this description. Yeah. yeah, it says, I fire till her shield buckles inward till she falls to a knee till she twitches and screams as the molecules of her skin and organs superheat boiling blood comes out of her eyes and nose Mm. armor and flesh feel together as I feel the rage ride wild inside of me numbing me to fear to sense to compassion I love it and and, I love this oh and it's great and this completely changes the idea of the pulse fist for me yeah Mm. because I kept thinking that the pulse fist was like a wave that knocked you over like the shocker fist from Spider-Man yeah I agree or it was like uh, crossbones it was like crossbones electric fists yeah that's what um, I thought in Marvel and now no that stuff fires yeah, and it's, it's like actually, it does it's stuff to you on a molecular level. I'm gonna correct you guys. That's not the pulse fist. That's her shield. What? He uses the pulse fist to overload her shield, and as soon as the shield overloads, it clamps in on her and cooks her to death. Oh, okay. But does he do it? But is it from a distance rather than no, no, he's, being he's right, right up? I think he's right up close. Oh, okay, see, I didn't really like that. okay, okay. Holds, holds the trigger down until the shield overloads and. Collapses it. Oh, cool. See, Good see, catch. see okay. I read that as I being from a distance. distance. I so read it, it as like it was a distance, distance but I then the shield okay. stopped. Okay. And then it was past the shield and the pulse. I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. This I mean, is all the more reason why we need to uh, talk to the author, Pierce Brown, if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, we'll interview you. <laughs> uh, we can talk. Please, by all means, Wait, let's, I, let's talk about the in-depth weapons construction. Yeah, we just want to weapons construction. Yeah, that's uh, it. This is all um, this is, space travel. And actually, yeah. this is all probably on the Red Rising wiki. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Daryl kills Moira. Ragnar takes the Death Knight down just by chucking a razor at him. Yeah. From across the room. Yeah, my God, and, Ragnar. And... Ragnar Rags. does this, Rags. and Ragnar yeah. does this, and he's the only one we ever see using the razor as a projectile weapon. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it shows it shows that barbarianism. It shows that brutality yeah. of. Well, granted, he's got two, but it yeah. just he's shows that brutality of. I'm yeah. gonna throw this at you, and this is the old school. You know, this is the old school spinning axe. This yeah. is the yeah. tomahawk. But no, everybody's so. Everybody else, all the golds are so. Enamored with their own razors, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. If yeah. you want to look at that, that I'm never going to let. I'm it. never going to yeah. let this mm-hmm. thing go. Whereas right. Ragnar. Yeah. No, Check this it. is a weapon. This is a I'm going to use this as a yeah. weapon. I'm out of the box with this, and just kills the Death Knight. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we get this part where Mustang is almost going to kill Darrow, but he his face is revealed. She stops, and Darrow whips his razor around. Well, uh, and she backs re- his neck, and she reveals his face by punch by headbutting his helmet <laughs> to shreds. Yeah, I, I love it. Because he yeah. goes to headbutt her, she kind of half dodges, takes a little bit of a blow, and then starts headbutting him till his helmet collapses yeah. oh, around right. his oh, head. Right. You're, you're wearing a plastic helmet. I got you. Right. Boom, <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys talk about. I, Mustang finds out that I mean she thinks Darrow's dead. It's been revealed he's alive. Well, everybody thinks Darrow's dead because they had the body double that they executed on live TV. Right. Yeah. yeah. But Mustang now knows he's alive. Leaves. I mean, well, yeah. I don't know. Defend this. I don't I know. Will, but, I will. but she drops. Do it. She yeah. drops the bomb here. Well, the howlers are just going crazy. Yeah, killing everything because Daryl can't talk to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, what would you, I mean? Like, all of a sudden, at one point in the battle, like you see Daryl's there, but like the battle is still raging. Like, what do you? I'm not gonna. Well, hang, and you're I'm not gonna a, hang out. Like, try and like say, I'm sorry, I love you. I'm gonna save my own ass. Well, and you have you have how many people in a large conference room? And there's rubble and there's dust and yeah. Daryl can't. Daryl's comms have been jammed. Somebody's cooking to a crisp over there. Yeah. Like, yeah. True. He can't. He can't say anything because Severo still has him jammed. He can't say no. Don't hurt. Right. Yeah. Well, but but she leaves. She doesn't stay around and try to but, fight or defend but, her. But she tells she tells him the Pax thing I was talking about earlier before oh. she leaves. Orion is still running the Pax, waiting for you. Yeah. And she's running out the door. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. she does drop him like a, I'm kind of on your side type of well, yeah, thing. She's like, I yeah. don't know what right. she right. has what she protected during that time of mm-hmm. Yeah, where you thought he looked. All right, so uh, we're so into yeah, they, they 18th. They capture the backs. Um, well, and we, it's a massacre in this room, and we're in chapter 18, the abyss. Yes. Or if you wrote it like I did, the abbeys, because I don't know how to spell. Spell? <laughs> oh, the <laughs> abbeys. Two B's, one S. Downton Abbey. Those Darrow's are two <laughs> entirely different movies. I know. The Abbey and the Abyss are two entirely different movies. <laughs> da- Downton Abbey. Interestingly um, enough, Ed Harris is in both of them. <laughs> little, little trivia there yeah, for you. Yeah, good on him. <laughs> All right. So in the aftermath, Daryl and Severo argue yeah, about what just it. happened. Yeah, and Daryl takes tour. control back. Yeah, uh, which I like. I mean, we need this. And we have and we have this standoff where Daryl gives orders, Severo gives that orders, and the rest of the Howlers are going, crap. I mm-hmm. fell for Severo here. I, I, I do. Been, kinda, he's, he's being a... He's being too petty for me here. Yeah. Mm. He's being way too petty for me here, and so I didn't feel for him until later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I feel like it's a guy who's who's got the right mm-hmm. intentions, but he's a man who's out of his depth. This is not what yes. he should be doing. Yes, exactly. And he doesn't want to give it up. And maybe almost in a way he loves Darrow and wanted to be like, Darrow, come with me on this mm-hmm. mission. Like, like, look, look, look at what I can do. Look, look at yeah, what, look I, can what I can do. And yeah. now you're like, like dad coming in, going, you know what? You're kind of screwing this up, kid. I'm taking yeah, this away from you. It'll be, it'll be yeah. like, it'll be like old times, us fighting next to each other, shoulder to yeah. shoulder again. Yeah. No, dude, relax. Stop. And maybe he <laughs> almost killing everybody. And maybe he almost realizes that Daryl knows, like, hey, you're going too far, buddy. And he's like, ah, oh, I failed you. Like, you know, maybe there's parts of that going on. I don't know. Which we'll get to. Right. right. Um, There's one moment here, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I want to bring it up because I remember it. There's a spot where it talks about how uh, Quicksilver's bodyguards were coming and that their pillar blocked it so they couldn't get overrun by obsidians. 
I don't really feel like obsidians are too scary. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. And yet, we're terrified of Ragnar. He's always this amazing person. You get Huge. Here, and here yeah. they're like, oh, oh, we got saved by this pillar falling over and blocking these obsidians. Yeah. They really haven't had any problems with an obsidian at all. Yeah. But every yeah, time we have one that we up, think oh, is the game ender on and yet our every side. Every time obsidian comes up, yeah. oh. Well, and three see, obsidians. I, oh, we killed them again. I, oh, yeah, I read. Oh, yeah, you are. Hey. You are right. It's like, I mean, oh my god, it's three obsidians. Well, they're not the big deal. Oh, and they're dead. Yeah, but yet and Ragnar right. seems to be the guy who yeah. cleans house. And, no, you're right. At, you're at right. this point, we have. At this point, we've just gone through this major battle. Mm-hmm. We've everybody's gear is jacked. Well, right, and I'm not saying this specific battle. I'm saying yeah, overall. it probably would be. But overall, you are right. Nothing has really happened that's made me fear an obsidian. Yeah. Other than anymore. Ragnar. Other anymore. Than Ragnar. No, yeah. because it's always oh, they were so they, many obsidians. They were oh. really they were really <laughs> scary earlier on in other books. One is and there, and, yeah. and and now not so much. Yeah. You're right. And Maybe we yeah. And I yet always when it comes to later, the obsidians on this side, oh, they're the best thing in the world. None of them ever die. Yeah, right. Sorry. Right. Okay, so Sorry, what is it was something that just bothered what, me? What happens here at the end? All of a sudden uh, there's a uh, the gra- it says the gravity massively increases so they're all slammed to the floor. Yeah, security measure. The, uh, which I love. Yeah, but so then this cool. I love this, this black egg rolls in and a cannon shoots out of the top. It's a droid. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, the, it's, it's a droid because it's the battle droid. It's either a droid or I. It's either a droid or a Mauser from Ninja Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with Mauser. I am gonna go with Mauser. I hate you for being the first one to pull off a Ninja Turtles reference. Damn you! Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. The the battle droid rolls in. I, I love. It's and everybody's slammed to the floor, but I love the fact that Ragnar is just on his knees. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> like, I love even it. for him, he's just like just struggling to lift his arm up to shoot the glass out. Which he does with his pulse. He does. He does. And there, there was like, as they're quickly tying each other to each other. Right. Yeah. Which hey, second time here where we flip into a a, a chapter which is three pages and just should be the just, end of a chapter. The, the only thing I want to bring up in the abyss is. Oh yes, it is. Um, <laughs> it's Severo runs off to do something. In the hallway, I think he was like getting the guards, or he wanted to get Mateo or something. And it's like, oh yeah, because Mateo's still in a bag in the hallway. It's like yeah, <laughs> it's like he's, he's hey, grab that guy. We stepped on their nuts. It's like as, him. as he's running back, that's when the gravity hits, and like Severo's the smallest. He's the first one to go. He's like poof, hits the floor, <laughs> and they're like. Like, like they, they all feel it. Several hits the ground. They're like, what's going yeah, on? Oh, Severo's, my God. Several's moving. He's got the bag, and he just face plants. Yeah. I love they it. And then when the egg rolls planting. in, I'm like, oh, my God, this is a bomb. They're all going to die. I thought I'm it was like, a bomb. Oh I thought it was a bomb. But no, it's so It's cool. a Mauser. I'm going with yeah. that. Yes. They, they, they <laughs> and then Ragnar, Ragnar's the only one who can lift his arm to shoot yeah, out the best. window. And as we talked about, there's no atmosphere outside no, that no, window. Which I, which I was I was waiting for him to do that and the gravity to be too strong and for them to like suffocate while they're stuck to the floor. But you know, <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I think that's kind of what would have happened. Perhaps. I mean, we're we're, we're in fantasy world, I, I so anything can happen. But I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I've never experienced more than Earth's gravity. I've never been a depressurization of a cabin though, or a, a room to to zero g. Sh- I, I mean, now it, I'm it, talking out of my butt. It, it probably, but it shouldn't pull you enough to it, blow it, it you It probably off. would pull them across a marble floor, floor, but they probably would have suffocated before it did it. Yeah, yeah. That's my feeling. I, I agree. I agree. Unless by doing that, it automatically su- shuts off this gravity. I mean, you yeah. can make some sort of argument why aren't that... There, why aren't there safety measures that seal the window before they get... I don't, I don't know. know. It doesn't Chapter 19, <laughs> pressure. <laughs> but pressure, again, three three pages of, like, yeah. this should have been the end of the chapter. I thought it was awesome, though. As but it's very cool. As we're hardcore trying to clip each other to each other. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh God, grab my carabiner. Oh God, grab my carabiner. <laughs> click, click. Oh, nobody can get several. Let's just bear hug him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I love that they describe all these effects of space on the body. Although yeah. this is very a weird part. Darrow says that his fingers are like plantains. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, but it's it's just weird description of using plantains yeah. as a you know what I'm just saying. If it was hobby, yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, but in the end, they're rescued by the ship. Well, they oh, fall out of the building. Yeah, yeah, right. They fall out of the yeah, building and again, they all start again. They have again. They have the blue collar drivers <laughs> who can actually drive a ship. Aren't gonna fight, but I can drive a ship and I can catch <laughs> you out of the air yeah. in the right. back end of the ship. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Before you suffocate. <laughs> So on to chapter Ooh. twenty, descent. Uh, the back of this at a safe house. Uh, Severo's back, man. He's pissed. Yep. Yep. And they, uh, feel, and they get mad at each other. Yep. They do. Uh, Darrow talks to Kavax, even though he's not supposed to. Severo doesn't yeah. orders. He's like, nah, duh. nah, dog. Yeah. Um, but he he Kavax does reassure him that Mustang believes yeah, in the cause. Uh, and but he's a Mustang. Not only is on his side, but she reached out to Severo months ago. And Ooh, Severo yeah, ignored her. Big reveal. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm. Which kind of ends up being nothing. And this hallway, anyway. this is because this is yeah. the hallway scene. Uh, yeah. Eventually, yeah. Yes. We're not. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But we okay. after the reveal yep. moment. Yeah. We have. We have this. We have this Law and Order mo- moment of the dunk dunk of in the interrogation <laughs> room with the light shining in Quicksilver's <laughs> eyes as he's tied to the chair and perfectly calm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Perfectly calm. Okay stuff. Yeah, I feel he's confident that he can talk his way out of this. He knows. That he, you know, we're on the same side. Mm-hmm. And they start, and they, they, they don't come out of the light at first, and they start trying to interrogate him, and right. you know, using interrogation mode. Yeah, <laughs> but we we learn that Quicksilver has proposed a peace. That's why Mustang is there, because I think we're led to believe that Mustang is in some way betraying yes. Darrow. Uh, and we find out that's not true. Uh, that uh, they couldn't fight this outer rim and Mars at the same time, so they're trying to balance this whole thing out. Uh, yeah, and like you said, contacted mm-hmm. several months ago, and that's yeah. really real. Realistic. That's very realistic. Or, you know, it, you don't fight a battle on two fronts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Mustang feels like she's far more realistic or real world or she's willing to negotiate. She's willing to make a deal. I'll, I'll let gold society kind of continue in some aspects right. as long as I can maintain, you know, yeah. Yeah. what's going mm-hmm. on here. So, uh, in the, yeah, just at the end of that, uh, several starts talking to Quicksilver in the torture chamber. Um, and, like, uh, this is, I man, I just, I totally forgot about several's last name. <laughs> Yeah. What do you call it? He calls him Mr. Barca. I'm like, yeah. who? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is Quicksilver like just delirious? What just is going on? Just spouting out names. And all that yeah. Yeah. Is this an name. insult in this society? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, into chapter 21. Well, but wait, there's a big bomb oh, yeah. drop. Yeah. yeah sorry. Sorry. Bomb. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, that. Quicksilver is a founding member of the Sun of the Sons Quicksilver of Ares. states he is the original Son yeah. of Ares. Which I love this because yeah. it adds an entire new layer. There are golds who want to bring down Silver. society as well. Golds, no, well, golds and silver. And silver. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not yeah. denying that there, we yeah. knew that there was golds yeah. because Fitchner was a gold in the first place. Yeah, right, right. And but, I look and True. And but more than just the information that he brings up to prove his point. Who do you think paid for your mother's operation? Yeah, uh, right. Good point. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. good I point. love this. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. Severo is so blinded though that he yeah. can't believe this. I was so right. blinded. I complete. I completely thought this was a scam. I I, yeah. I agree. He's Great. the information guy. He's the money guy. Of course, he's going to know this blackmail information right. on Fitchner. Right. Yeah. But then yeah. later on, 
well, prove it this way, prove it this way. And he answers every question just fine. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Why, yeah. why was Mateo in your bed? Well, he's my husband, so... Oh, that would <laughs> yeah, be why. Yeah, exactly. That'd be why. <laughs> I, I, I love that, like... And I, again, well, I, I went to... I, Mary, I, had, right? I had this horrible... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a portion where I went, oh, jeez. I'm like, you you basically ripped the guy's jaw out of his head. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, stop. He was, he was, he was in his own bedroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. He was in his own house in his own bedroom, it, and you broke in and beat him up like no. he shouldn't be there. It's pretty horrible. It's yeah. pretty horrible. We're on to chapter 21, Quicksilver. Oh, 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 oh yeah. We're, we're already there. Oh, were we there? Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we've been talking about it. And yeah. So Severo pulls the detonator from his pocket. He tells oh. Daryl that it's his fault that all of their friends died. And he's not going to flinch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darrow, you flinched, and that's why our friends died. I'm not going to flinch. I'm going to blow this moon out yep. of orbit. Yeah. And convenient yeah. jam field is convenient. Yes. As Darryl but it is a short-range jam field, and he has to chase him down. <laughs> <laughs> Into chapter 22, the weight of Ares. The weight of Ares. <laughs> and this oh, whole the jam field. It goes up, and like, no, and he bucks it. No! <laughs> I have been so upset, and yeah. I've said this, I have been so upset with... Where Pierce has taken several here. Okay. This brings me back around. Yeah, this bri- for thi- sure. thi- this this hallway friend fight where they're beating each <laughs> other up. Yeah. I love how you say how upset you were. I never got too much of a. I'm super upset. I was. Oh, so, no, no, I, no, no, yeah, we, no. I, this went back and forth. Yeah, He's no, been fuming over there. Yeah, no, I've been. I have been, and I have been fuming because no, this isn't. Yeah, Severo is weird and scary, yeah. but he's never been no. reckless. Yeah, right. Yeah. But well, yeah. It's the stress for him. Yeah, yeah. and he's never been. And, well, and like you said, he's yeah. in a position that's way over his way head over his head. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, this hallway fight and the things said between them, and mm-hmm. basically, it's we, you left us. Yeah. You left us, and what was I supposed to do? I did the best I can, so please stop. You know, so stop ragging on me because I did the best I can. Because you were supposed to be this big thing, but you turned out not to be this big thing, and you left us. So what the hell am I supposed to do? Right, right. Yeah. Just awesome. heartbreaking as they're exchanging punches with each other. <laughs> the detonators uh, rolling down the hallway. All of a sudden, the detonators out of the jam field, but now they're moving the jam field as he's going down the hallway. It's uh-huh. and it's an the two guys. Awesome it's the character building scene. It is. I really like it. It's yeah. great character building. Because because when you think back to, well, how has Daryl normally handled problems with his friends? Well, he hasn't. He's pushed them away. He hasn't talked about them. And now but however, away. if you look back to Roke specifically here, he probably couldn't have a knockout, dragdown fight with Roke to get their thing settled. <laughs> they would have had to talk, but here, because of the character, it's fine that he can have this knockdown. I'm just sitting there thinking, well, God dang it, why didn't you just talk to Roke at one point? And we get Sorry. to this end. Uh, we, can't. How dare you grow? We get to this end of the fight where they've <laughs> both revealed stuff. How and, dare you grow? You know, <laughs> Daryl's Daryl's yelled at him. You know, I am not the Messiah, and I am not perfect, and I'm sorry, I'm not perfect. Well, you should have been perfect, and I never expected you to be perfect, but I expected you to be here. And uh, you know, and they're both leaning against the wall, breathing hard. And there's that moment where they're both looking at each other, like, "I hate you, yeah, I yeah, hate you yeah. too." But that's not hate. Isn't the word they're saying? That I love I you. Love you. <laughs> saying I love you. Yeah. No, I agree. Oh, way to pick up on that. <laughs> so they they kind of make amends here. Uh, yeah. Break the detonator. Which yeah. I so uh, needed yeah. for this relationship. Yeah. yeah. This, this is good. I, I mean, kind of know agree. we're we're coming up on halfway through this book here, and like, and there's been trouble. We've been working through those character flaws that they've been working through. And right. Now, right. Okay. Fine. You're in charge now, Darrow. So we're back to where we That's need to be. He's been healed. 
He's back in charge. And then we go into chapter 23. The like, tide. Oh, they're like, okay, let's call let's call the jackal. I'm like, wait a minute, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> wait, several, you're back in charge. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, but of course, it's Darrow. He has a plan. Well, we got to pull out our suicide molars uh, oh, yeah, first to make yeah. sure that happens. Yeah, and yeah, Daryl prepares to be attacked. Uh, he jacks the holonet, broadcasts his own message. Um, let me talk about this message. They, sure. they gave these screens to us as chains today. We make them hammers uh, and all this stuff. Darrow's speech, he quotes, uh, when I first read it, the, the thing that jumped out on at me was a statement that says, throw yourselves upon the machinery. You know, like he's making this really impassioned speech. I'm like, there go, we go with it. I'm passion Darrow's speech again. And, uh, and then throw yourselves upon the machinery, like jumped out at me. I'm like, I've heard that. I've heard that. Where have I heard that? Yep. Mario Savio said it back in the early 60s. He was an early 60s counterculture activist mm -hmm. at UC Berkeley. I was going to say, that's a Berkeley speech. Yeah, he joined Freedom Summer Project. He was speaking on the steps of, uh, of Sprout Hall. And uh, on December 2nd, 1964, he made that incredibly famous speech. Um, I, Brown doesn't rip off the entire speech. Just that whole kind of the idea of it and to throw yourselves upon the machine. Well, and again, I don't necessarily, when we're looking at how he's been using culture here. Yeah. And how he's been using past Earth culture. Mm -hmm. I don't, I. it's not a rip off to me anymore. Oh, no, no. It's no. a reference. It's a reference that this would have been something he would have... Well, this would have been red, so would he have? But maybe under no, Matt, but this, this would have seen this, or this would have been something in a gold class about. Right. This is what one of the this is what one of the slaves said at one time. So this is how we. Yeah, I was going to say this wouldn't be brought this. up as like a. Yeah. No, not a, po it a positive. It would have been positive. It would be negative thing. thing. Yeah. And this, yeah. You're talking about a speech where he's in front of uh, the hollows. Yeah. 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 This is I. Him flying up to there, this whole, this, this is another one that speaks to me of modern society. People in cages watching TV to escape. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, I, and this the, is the, huge. The, guy, the, the homeless, the homeless guy. I just have pictures of the homeless guys, but there's the video, there's the vid screens everywhere. Yeah. So even the homeless guys that are taking the, they're like, <sighs> taking the, taking the future math. math. Future math and the future math just tuning out to TV are still looking at the T are still looking at these broadcast screens from the government and going, oh yeah man, yeah yeah, right. yeah. I'm gonna yeah. put on, I'm gonna yeah, put, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna put on yeah. my 75-year-old <laughs> fake leg and we're gonna get this done <laughs> yeah <laughs> just start oh. starting meth and watching 72 hours of critical yeah he, so he. <laughs> No, it's snorting meth. It's sure. snorting no, meth. Yeah, yeah. It's snorting meth and watching Nazi propaganda. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Settle so, down there, Hunter S. <laughs> so he, uh, yeah, he makes this huge, awesome speech that goes on for pages, and I don't care because it's so good. Yeah. Um, the rebellion rages. <laughs> After, uh, well, into chapter 24. As it should, because it's a great 60s yeah. counterculture. It's one of the greatest speeches of all time. Yeah, uh, into chapter 24. <laughs> Hicks on you, ladies. And they're ruined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> chapter 24. Hicksunt Lanus. Yeah. The rebellion rages on Phobos as Darrow um, heads to a secret hangar to flee the moon. Yeah. Darrow, what Get are you doing? Get on his private yacht. Get off. It's shaped like a silver sparrow. Are the wings out? Or I don't, I, I couldn't picture it, but I, it's no, okay. I felt like they were back. Yeah, yeah, had to yeah I do too. So it looks faster. Um, <laughs> um, he, just did you, do you know what Hicksuit Leos means? <laughs> yeah. Uh, some about a lion. Here be dragons. Mm, mm. Well, no. Yep. 
Is it's a it's it's a Brit, it's a British lit reference. Oh, it's 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 here be Drake. It's we're going through we're gonna go through the firestorm, boys. Yeah. Mm. Okay, here be well, Dragons. There go. Imagine Dragons and the Thunder. Hey, but while they're sitting, um, while they're no! sitting, with, <laughs> no, it's it, it, it's a war reference. No, of, I know. We're gonna we're gonna run the firestorm. We're gonna run the gauntlet. Right. And w- there are enemies on all sides of us. And well, they're while they're waiting to run the gauntlet and firing up the engine, Mustang shows up and they have this constipated discussion about trust and how Mustang is protecting people. She wants to join, but Dara doesn't know if she can trust her. And um, you, do you, want you know felt this was a constipated discussion? I, I yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I, I had no problem with this discussion. Except for the fact that it took way too long during a flea. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, first I of all, like, Daryl's hanging out there waiting for Rags. Rags shows up. They're about to leave. Mustang's there. Okay, let's talk to Mustang. Like, I love the fact you refer to him yeah. as Rags. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, okay, this is <laughs> going back that's, that's, that's from the book. This I know. Like this, is, this is going back to, though, because I made you guys all, like, make a mental note of yeah. how close you thought these guys were. These two were. And you're all like, yep, they're really close. I thought their relationship was really close. Blah, blah, blah. This is now the time. She has thought he has been dead. Right? This is now the time where they're just sitting around the hangar, waiting for the ships to take off. Again, with there's always this constipation, I can, keep can calling I it. Can I give you what I feel here? Yeah. Um, that, okay, she's thought he's dead. She broke his helmet, saw he was alive, told him, I'm on your side, and had to run. Right. Because she didn't want to die. And she shows up here and she's like, I thought you were dead. And he's being a paranoid weirdo about it. Like, well, yeah. Well, wouldn't you be paranoid if someone yeah, found just, your secret hanger conveniently? Because she has kind of always had this hesitancy to her. She has always made Darrow kind of uh, tr- try to prove himself to her. She's but always then, taking this higher position. Then it comes up like Rags is the one that arranged the meeting, and he's and Daryl yeah. let Kavax go, and really oh, Daryl yeah, is trust just Ragnar, getting, trust Mustang. Like, yes, yeah. there's been some time that's gone by, but I feel to hear that Darrow is still trying to get it out of his mind that he thought Mustang was the one that betrayed him to the Golds. Yeah, and I'm not pinning this all on Mustang. I'm putting this on both of them. I feel they're both of the same kind. They are both driven, and in some ways I feel self-centered and petty. And so when the two of them are together and trying to talk things out, they're always very stilted, and they don't share the necessary, almost like... I don't know how to get my petty to match your petty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, like, almost the way he is with Roke. Where, you, where, I'm, yeah. sitting there, where yeah. I'm sitting there going, Daryl, why can't you just say what needs to be said? And now when you have two Darrows, where I feel Mustang and Darrow are the same character in a lot of ways, I'm just sitting there going like, why can't you just say what needs to be said here? Because Darrow doesn't where it needs like to be. talking or saying anything about what he's going to do, specifically he, his plans, which never get written down in the book, but everybody seems to know the plans yeah. in the book, but the reader doesn't get to... Sorry. <laughs> he's right, he, on he, he'd rather punch his friends. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah so, okay, so she anyway, gets on the luxury yacht. They get on the luxury yacht. yacht. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking they're going to attack Adrius at Attica. Uh, yeah. But actually, no, they're going to go see Ragnar's mother. And that, and that's something of, oh, wait, when did this get decided? Between him yeah. climbing the mountain and between this war that's happening on this moon, mm-hmm. now they're going to go. And is Quicksilver still sitting in a cell somewhere? No, <laughs> no, 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 They left things. him out. They knew with that, but it's just. Daryl's yeah, because they let him out and he's and like, an, take my luxury yacht. Daryl's plans never get said, yet everyone knows what the plans are. I, I, I see where your problem is with that, 
because I mean a lot of the book is really expanded upon. But like if if they discussed his plans, then they did his plans. Like what this book would kind of suck. And the reason why part of it is that the plans the of it's a nice ripped shirt by the way, club. Sorry, and the planning process here. Yes, the it's not a mystery book though. Why does the reader have to not know the plans? Yes, I get you're trying to build suspension. Or suspense? Why is suspension? The luxury the luxury yacht has, has very good suspension. No, it's got very good suspension. I would hope so. But the fact of well, I'm trying to hide every single they could be bumping there on the way. I'm trying to hide every plan. It's not like the characters of the book are reading this right. as it's happening. You can say yeah. some of the plans. It feels like every plan is well, I'm gonna tell you. And I'm right. not telling anyone else. Right. And, and go, later on, though... And once you I try to tell everybody else, I'm going to shut your calm off. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And later on, there's a moment where it talks about other characters. They have plans that are secret, but it never works for those characters. Right, right. But it well, will always work for Darrow's secret And kind of going back to, is, is Darrow being uh, crazy and not trusting Mustang? I mean, even Victra asks him over the private comm that if you have to, can you pull the trigger and kill her? Right. I yeah. mean, Victra doesn't even trust her. Which is a because great, again, they, which is a great yeah. perfectly in-character Victra line. It's a yeah. great yeah. Uh, chapter can, 25. Can you yeah. smoke her? Because if you need, if the time comes that you have yeah. to shoot her, let me know now. Because if you can't, I will. Right, right. Yeah. And I'm not saying that any of this is not justified. I feel that a lot of this is justified. I'm just saying, when you are creating all of this, you can kind of manipulate what the tone is and all, everything. When I'm in the third book and I'm getting close to the middle, um, just I'm not as satisfied where this relationship is at. And maybe I'm a hopeless romantic or whatever, but I would like them to be getting together more at this mm -hmm. point than still having this holding guns to each other, other's head thing. Because I know where this book is going to go. At this point. We yeah. we are we are going to get them together by the end of this book, but we're worlds apart at this point. Well, and, you so know, they, so and so how is that going to happen? They allow her to get on the we'll boat. See what you think at the end. They allow, <laughs> they allow her to get on the boat. Mustang yeah. gets on the boat, and we're going to shoot off because we're going to go get the Obsidian Army. Yep, yeah. here in 25 yep. Exodus. Yep. So, um, we've kind of talked about a lot of the stuff in this chapter. And they hide, I was going to say we've mainly talked except about for the, this. And they hide in the trash. Part. Hide so, in the yeah. trash, of course. Yeah. It's a nice little gag there. Yeah. Uh, but then <laughs> they get towards, and someone, it's clearly got to be Boba Fett, somehow knew, well, they're going to hide in the trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they get followed by a gold ship. Yeah, and thank goodness yeah. they make it all the way, they make it to within the Mars atmosphere before they're well, shot. And then they crash. Uh, this, this, I, I feel like it's, it's it's very well done. I did like it, yes. They're just getting in the atmosphere and they're like, oh, crap, somebody's following us. Yeah. Like I'm thinking, like, oh, there's just some ding bat that's just following them. Like, oh, wait, no, it's coming really fast. Oh crap! Yeah, it has yeah, guns. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah no, this was super. So cool. they get, they get, they, they crash, get, and the, so the, in well, chapter twenty six, the ice. I, I, the description of the back half of the ship getting shot off, mm. and them having to, and then them having to grab the safety webbing going through. Yeah, I thought yeah. was a great description great as the safety ship is webbing. First of all, awesome. Yeah, yeah really cool. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so we are having real world. Safe. <laughs> it's real world. It's real world. Yeah. Why would there not be safety measures on this amazing luxury yacht? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. then once they once they crash, they're caught in the safety webbing. They have to which, their way out. Which they're I, sinking. I, which I will say, um, they were pretty calm. Part of the side of my life is I am a firefighter. You said and that. I do. I, I've worked many, many car accidents where something is crashed and people have to cut their way out, or you cut, or you have to cut people out of the seatbelt, out of the vehicle. And so this was a very realistic description to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and even uh, chapter 26, The Ice, um, is just an awesome, stressful chapter. Very stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Escaping and yeah. into the cold water and into like the sh- Their faces yeah. are the worst, though, because of the seal skin. Yeah, the seal, seal skin. Yeah. Oh, they but they're, they're able to cut them themselves out. They cut through the ice. Holiday pops up through the ice as well. But Daryl doesn't know where Ragnar is. You know, Ragnar is being chased um, by like, some sort of carved creature yeah. that he can just like feel is behind them. Just, yeah. I, and I just, I just, I felt it. I could just feel him like pulling the razor out and trying to like, you know, when you, like, you try to move fast in water and there's just all that resistance and it's, yeah. you're just not as quick as like, he should just like, let himself get swallowed and cut his way out of his butt. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like Holiday at this moment though. Yes. When Holiday, Holiday's a badass. Oh yeah. yeah. I love Holiday yeah. because Daryl's like, nope, Ragnar's my friend. I'm going to go get him. Shoots him by, shoots at his feet. Right. No, you're too important. You cannot do this. Yeah. And they're sitting there arguing, arguing, arguing. Mustang died. Mustang died. Razor and torch. Here we go. Great yeah. moment for Mustang yeah. here. Yeah, great moment for Mustang here. Don't look at me like I don't <laughs> like Mustang. I, I like I, I like Mustang. I like why, Mustang. Why don't, you, why don't you just stay up there on Team Laura or uh, Team Victra? <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here on Team Victra. I'm over here on Team Victra. Victra would have done this so much better. No man is an island. But no, great, great, great moment for Mustang. She dives yeah. in. All of a sudden, we have her and dying Ragnar get thrown up on the ice. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Leading into and the, 27. This whole. Yeah. This whole, you know, don't you die on me. You're my friend. Hey, yep, yep. I have been and always shall be your friend. And he's beating man. on his chest. Yeah. Yeah. And these freaking, like... I'm seeing The Abyss, guys. the movie The Abyss, when they save uh, uh, the one of the main characters are pounding on her chest and yep. saying kind of the similar like, thing. Yeah, just the cliche Hollywood lines. Don't you die yeah, on yeah, me! Yeah, exactly. And um, the weird method of CPR that is not CPR. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I feel, I feel like with the Ragnar, though, like that's all you got. Like, yeah, yeah, you're not, homeboys, you're not, <laughs> you're not moving that ribcage. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just yeah these, these uh mouthy, maggoty white snails with like thousands of mouths. And I don't know what's going on. on. Although weird description, it says the creature on Mustang is described as shaped like a snail in full sprint. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I can't imagine yeah. a snail. Oh, like you know, like a snail is kind of like, like it, but like you know, oh, like stretch I see out. What you're so that's yeah, their okay. version of a sprint is long. Okay, I I saw that it. Did you guys there. catch? Ragnar has six fingers on his hands. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. All obsidians do. Yeah. The breeding thing. I just I just caught that here. I'm like, what the? Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's actually uh, a a ref a, a biblical reference to uh, uh, Goliath having the same amount. Oh. Yep. Yeah. 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 And, uh, well, there you go. And this is in, <laughs> and this is chapter twenty-seven. Now we can't. Yes. A lot, oh, of yeah. start, a lot of this, and I know it does. This chapter's going very fast, and this is where the book picks back up. It for does me. really pick up. Yes, I agree. Yes, which I is agree. a good thing. And now we are twenty-seven, just, almost twenty-eight. They find out that let's yeah. just run them as a, a yep, same thing. Uh, the specific ship that was chasing them had Cassius, and they're hoping. Well, what if Aya is with them? Yeah. yeah. Right. Ooh. Plus, plus, there's no way Cassius doesn't have his elite guards with him. Oh, right. Yes. right. Are there going to be obsidians? Oh, wait, they're on a planet. With and this is actually, yeah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Just talking about how it picks up here. Yeah. Man, this is like 11.30 on a Monday night for me. And I'm oh. between chapter 27 and 28 here. I'm like... Okay, fine. I'm I'll do it. it. <laughs> I, I, I closed it. I cl- and this is when I was talking to you th- yeah. this week, and I'm like, I got like 20 pages left, and I didn't want to stop. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going. Oh I'm my going. god, this is so hard yeah. for me to stop here. Yeah. Um, what, let's uh, hold on here. This is uh, there's something important. Uh, death approaches. A, a storm approaches. Yeah, and they um, have no food, no supplies, yeah. really anything. 
and they go oh, to yeah, the yeah. Uh, and I love crash. how the golds are reacting to the weather, but Ragnar's just yeah, he's just cool. Ragnar just almost died, just essentially came back from mm-hmm. the dead. And <laughs> brushes the shoulder. Brushes the shoulder. Yeah, and, <laughs> and but but has no reaction here to the wind and the cold and even the the high powered golds are like this is this weather sucks. And yeah. No. Yeah. You stay. You stay here. I'll find it. This refills the ice in my veins. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like what, I think he even uses the word like he's loping around like he's just like he's having the time of his yeah. life. I'm home. <laughs> it's been so hot everywhere I've gone. Exactly yeah. right. And without their supplies, they start thinking. Well, wait a minute. The other ship crashed somehow, and it was shot down yeah. by Ragnar. So let's go get those yeah. supplies. Yeah, and we find this out now that. Through the back end of the ship that's been blown off, essentially Ragnar fired a rocket launcher to shoot down the other ship, yeah, which yeah. is awesome. So it's as like Drax cra- stole that in Guardians of the Galaxy. Are, as they're now. crashing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, and they're going towards the ship, and yeah. I'm reading the chapter, feast! Oh, well, they're fine, they're going to get food. Yeah, that's uh, not uh, what they're talking about. No, no, yeah, no, no. That, no, that, no. That was my thought. Just oh, they're gonna get. Yeah, food. That's, that's fine. That's totally yeah, 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 like, yeah. Oh, they're gonna show up. They get their food. They'll heal up. And these yeah. eaters of the dead, cannibals. Yes, cannibals. And, and, and which which trope ha- which trope has Pierce not grabbed? Oh yeah, cannibals. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and well, they're even called eaters of the dead, like from yeah. Michael Crichton's uh, book. I'm I'm seeing the disturbed Ewoks. This is the third. This is the third of the trilogy. So, but they're, they're cannibals. They're obsidian but, Ewoks. But they're obsidian. Yeah, like, they're, they're like the obsidian oath breakers. Yeah. Well, they're like no, the obsidian wildlings. Yeah, I had no <laughs> problem with it as they were based. As the obsidians are based more tribal-wise, mm-hmm. because there's always those ones who are kicked out of certain tribes. Well, exactly. So, um, these and, are and just and gross. Yeah. But just feral. Just yeah, feral obsidians. One of them. And feral obsidians. We, we, we've said a lot here about, well, who cares about the obsidians? But feral obsidians scare the hell out of me. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 as we're getting to the end of this book, the obsidian culture is one of my favorite parts of this trilogy. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Yeah, but there's, there's, yes. there's an obsidian that tackles Darrow and starts like trying to bite his nose off and yeah. it, it, it's talked about the festering sores around its mouth and I'm like oh right. my god yeah, it's pretty crazy there's like like the golds that are strung up in the webbing and their upside skin down is missing upside like, down because they're now they've been, because they were caught in the webbing or they died in the crash and what does it say like they, they get into the ship and there's nothing happening and they hear a sucking noise and I'm like oh it's like <laughs> I'm thinking there's a pressure leak or something oh, yeah. yeah no yeah. no they're People are being eaten. Yeah, that's, yeah, just that's sucking just, marrow out of bones. And just, just, just hanging. Oh my god! Just hanging yeah, like just, meat in a butcher so shop. So, so anyway, they they kind of take care of him though, and we have this like talk with Ragnar where he talks about his mother. I was man, this they, they this get, surprised the heck out of me. Yeah, they seal themselves in the ship, and yeah. they're they're just they're eating food. It's warm gonna, on the inside. We got actual food. We got to make real food. Not, not, not people. We got to make camp for the night, and yeah, uh, yeah, we yeah. got we got a little wind resistance here. We find out Man, that this, this is something that just hits so close to where we live right. and how it feels in January up here. That this yeah. is just perfect. perfect timing to read this. Like this, yeah. this felt like I was like out out at a cabin on a lake, and we have the the fire stove ripping, and you got to be like really close to it to yeah. stay warm and. And Man, there's there something cool about this chapter. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and there is the mention here about how they, our our party here tried to, basically give an honorable burial to the dead. Yep. And they cut them down, and they, the, you know, they did things. Whereas the people who got out of this ship, who were actually on this ship, who were with these people, who supposedly were 
friends or co-workers or whatever with these people, just beat it the rock out of here. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Exactly. So they grabbed the supplies they needed and got out. Yeah. yeah. And that makes sense. We so find out that obsidian so. women are polygamous and they have mm -hmm. different fathers that are all sworn to protect their brood. And I love that they're very uh, they're very Spartan in that they mm -hmm. kill, uh, you know, or they give the baby must be, the, yeah, them, the yeah. baby must be fit to live, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. And this is, you know, this is Pierce again making a political commentary here about the fact that the women are technically the rulers mm -hmm. of the yeah. Obsidian tribes, right. and the women are the women are polygamous. Right. Right. Yeah. When you think yeah. about a it's polygamous nice relationship, when you, when you think about it, that's the flip of what you yep. think about the stereotypical polygamous relationship. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Definitely. They ain't uh, Mormon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, Utah. A little, little, little bit about they're more women. More no, that didn't work. <laughs> well, a little bit about uh, Mustang too here, um, and what happened with her mother and her sister. Her sister died in the womb. Her mother killed herself. Right. Just kind of glossing over it because we're getting long in the tooth on this yep, episode. Exactly. Uh, chapter twenty nine, the hunters. What a chapter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they hunt down Cassius and crew. Uh, the eaters have given them the or given up their hunt for them. Yep. I, it's just the battlefield is littered with these cannibals. Right. Oh yeah, what a trail! Birds. What a trail to follow through a snowstorm because you're just following a trail of blood through a snowstorm. Right. Yeah, I know where they went. Visually <laughs> awesome. Uh, and let's just get yeah, to this epic yeah. fight between everybody: Cassus, Aya, Darrow, and Ragnar. Most things there. This just seems like a bad idea, though. Mm, it wasn't. I mean. Because no. they're sitting there going, oh, this is an opportunity, we can take them out. I'm sitting there going, there's four of you. Yep. Yes, you might take them out, but how are you going to get away from this afterwards? Yeah. I, I think this... I, it just... I, I think this scene I suffers... I am not happy with... I am not happy with what happened to this, Cassius. I really? feel like this scene maybe suffers oh, from yeah. some timing issues where, like, I get it, you're trying to slow time down as you're describing what's going on and that, like, so Mustang is shooting arrows but can't really get off arrows as fast as you think she can get off and things are being described in, like, mm -hmm. slow bullet time almost and things, but you're kind of going, okay, why? I can't Mustang really do what she's supposed to be doing? What is a... Some of these things feels like it's mm -hmm. not really how this would go down, you know, in some ways. I, the, the Cassius picture here, I am so disappointed in. Mm. I'm not. As in how? Tell me. I was curious. I wanted... I, he takes an arrow to the neck. Not that he as <laughs> this is just said in our <laughs> intro. Yeah, no, he takes but. an arrow to the neck, and that's what really takes him down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If Cassius was going to be killed, or Ca but okay, granted, he was still gurgling when we last left him. Right. But if Cassius is going to go down, I feel it should have been more of a duel. I just I I thought. It had to have been Mustang that, and he's not dead, is he? You just, you're ruining this for me. With what? <laughs> what? No, I, no, I didn't say anything. Okay, like I said, he's going to be a girl, later, like, and that's where he's going to die. That being you know said, I, I felt it was a cheap shot on Cassius that while he's fighting Darrow, yeah. Mustang shoots him through the neck. I felt that was right. a cheap shot. In just an honor-bound dueling system. <laughs> jerk. I didn't try to You're giving looks. Shut up. But <laughs> in just an honor-bound dueling system. That being said... Yep. I really enjoyed the Ragnar Aya fight. That yeah, the, the end of that confused me. I the only thing that I used to like was that uh, Mustang killed Cassius. Fitting, but it, she had. I like she it. Had, like, it was, I it was like, almost like a redemption moment where like because th there was also like a point when they're talking about the stuff that's in the ship that her earrings are with his stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like wait, wait, and they, they just gloss over like like oh here's 
here's uh, Cassius's like bracelets or something. Oh, and those are my earrings. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, those yeah. In the bedroom well, you know, them? because I, I have because. Res- I have residual resentment for the relationship stuff earlier on where she was with Cassius. Mm-hmm. So I like it as well yeah. that she's the one to put the arrow yeah. through his neck. And I like it. And, his neck. But yeah. that being said, the earrings but I agree there with you. made me feel maybe Cassius felt a little bit more for that relationship than what it was. Oh, so yeah, I, right, that's right, why right, he right. kept his earrings, with, yep. her earrings with him. Yep. Uh, but I, I am just Cassius like, gets shoot th- get shot through the neck. But I can't I believe like you're the, talking about Cassius. It's Ragnar that I'm going, I can't believe he's dying right here. But let's go back but to the fight. Needed. Let's go oh, back, yeah, to, back, the back to the fight. I just want needed to show how much Aya is going to... I agree. It's needed. No, I'm not downing this, but I just didn't want it to happen. Yeah. And I like for the first little bit of the fight... This is Chewbacca For the first... It is. Yeah. For the first little bit of the fight, though, Ragnar's staying with her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ragnar's staying with her. And then she drops into her cavette, and she drops into, you know, everything else. Yeah. And even though Ragnar's starting to get cut, and he's starting to get hurt... And he's not staying with her. He keeps going. No, he 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 doesn't hesitate. He never hesitates. He never thinks. He 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 really he just fights her, and he keeps going through. And he's actually there's a little strategy, even though he's getting mauled throughout mm-hmm. this fight. Yeah. He keeps all through this fight. She's doing all her little you know moves, sword moves, and everything. And he's fighting her, and he's staying with her at some points, and oh, then yeah. she's cutting him up at other points. But he keeps backing her up towards the cliff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so and you see the, that. Yeah. You see that Ragnar has he has a plan in how he's getting his ass kicked here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's all the the only problem I really have is at the end. Like I don't really know that it's described very well. It's like. She cuts him from spine to belly button. I'm like, well, okay, so is he bisected? What's going on yeah. here? And he's not bisected. And well, I pictured it like just halfway. It's yeah, just, oh, just like just like right here, on one side, just like right here on one side, literally from spine. Around. Nobody else can like, see that. Going back just to the start <laughs> of that, or as the spin goes, like like yeah. the tip goes in here, and then like one <laughs> in, of the bodies into the, spins into the back. Okay, yeah, in, in here as I'm as yeah. I'm putting nobody my fingers. Nobody can see this. Nobody can see this. It actually really tickles. Hang on, hang on. Let me grab this sword that we have back here, Luke, and show you. Yeah, stab me. Chapter thirty: The Quiet or the Quiet? The Quiet. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, my only notes are regs, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, no, this, <laughs> oh, is, God. this is awful. Down the Chewbacca for me. I, I, I really wanted to see Ragnar come through to the end. And I'll just put it Especially out. since we found out, since we find out in here this information that within the Obsidian Society, the only way that they were going to get his, the only way that they're going to get the Obsidian Army is Ragnar came here to kill his mother. Right. And so let me just <laughs> throw this out here again, going to, through to the end kind of. Yeah. I, Ragnar is immediately replaced by his sister, Sefi. And I like Sefi, but it's not a... Re- too soon. But it's too soon. It's it's not a replacement that I love. I would Yeah, I would have rather had Ragnar to the end instead of like, Ragnar's dead. Oh, but her sister's here. His sister's here. Who cares? And we kind of go through with the same character, only a different version. Okay. The whole, you know, through the rest of the book. And I'm like, eh, well, I'd have rather had it be Ragnar. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying emotionally I, I loved Ragnar, and I yes. never really loved like Steffi ever. Yeah. And it made it that in. much more heartbreaking with Ragnar dying before he could complete the mission that he came here for Darrow. He came here to kill his mother because he loves Darrow so much. Right, right. And believe me, I, I we're... 
We're all guys in this room. Mm -hmm. We all grew up with mothers. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, until we meet mom, I don't yeah. know if that'll hold true. Well, yes, and yeah. I, I know this. Yeah. And I understand the culture, but it was yeah. still the whole. Yeah. He he understood, and he never shared it because he knew that the rest of this culture wasn't going to take yeah. what his culture do, does in order for him to do that. Yeah. Right, right, right. I'm going to miss those bold print words the rest of the yeah. time. I know, right? Yeah, every we have to is not talking bold. We had to say money. I, yeah, and, and my, my last little bits of notes on this tra uh, on this chapter, I have kind of like uh, this thing about. Uh, I don't like how we're stripping away kind of every character that I like. That this death of Ragnar is wonderful in that kind of tragic way. Um, but I don't feel like this should be Game of Thrones where you have to kill everything to maintain tension and tragedy. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, I, 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 however the hound comes back. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I keep waiting yeah, for the, yeah, 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 the yeah. hound to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, there, there is something satisfying to me about a core group that even though it might be trite, they make it through to the end. You know, and I always kind of saw Ragnar as one of the guys making it through to the end, and I I, I don't really like that he dies. And maybe I, I would have liked if he died and we never get a replacement, but we literally get Sefi. Sefi, who is a replacement who does the exact thing that Ragnar was going to do and then follows through like Ragnar to the end of this book. And, and you're just like, well, what was the point? You just killed him because it was a middle of the book going, <gasps> you killed Ragnar, but we need this character still here. You killed Chewbacca, but he had a sister named Ubaka, and we're just going to have him through to the end of the book. Like, it, like, I feel this is done for tension and tragedy that isn't necessary. When you say it like that, yeah, yeah. Well, now because now you know the well, and then a bunch well, of the spoiler, I, I guess, I, I, and then a bunch of the I, obsidians I repel into the you know, pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a bunch yeah. of the obsidians repel into the pit of despair here that Aya just fell into and can't find the body. <laughs> yeah, so we know she's coming back. Oh yeah, so she she is she is weird Sith Lord going to come back at some point here. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah, she'll she'll be because we know it needs Darth, to Darth be Maul with the spider legs or something. Yeah, <laughs> Mecha <laughs> Mecha Maul. Uh, right, uh, should we power through the end here? We just have to skim over some things because it's a big uh, book. Uh, <laughs> the the pale I, queen. I, so I, let's just go to this queen. I, they fly. I, I, to, I hate to like kind of like skim over like the obsidian culture is so good, but you know what? I couldn't do it justice if I wanted to. You just need to read this book. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. definitely. And just dive into this weird nor like bastardized Norse, Norse culture. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And yeah. we meet so we meet Queen Elia. Aaliyah, Aliyah. Yeah, yeah. Somebody. Okay. Cassian's still alive, I guess. He's gurgling on the back of the griffin. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. 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 Um she, uh, uh, Ali Snow Sparrow, which I find funny because she's described as Snow Sparrow, yet she's freaking huge, bigger and, than Ragnar. and ugly as sin. Yeah, <laughs> like, but yet she has this dainty name, Ali Snow Sparrow, and just ugly son of a gun. Yeah, <laughs> she said she's not going to help them. She throws the gang into prison because they realize though that their whole plan is to open her eyes. Though, yeah, their whole plan is to open her eyes to. Nope, you guys you're are slaves. Controlled, you're being you're controlled. Yeah. She, yeah. Basically, she's going, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah I, know we're, okay. I know we're controlled and I don't yeah, care. That's okay. Yeah. That's all right. Which I like. So in charge. I, I love this that, that you have sense. somebody who knows what's going on but is complacent to it. And I love this because this is a fix for me. Because I'm kind of going obsidian culture going, you are sitting here. You you join with the fleets. How can you possibly believe these people are gods? Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's naive beyond the pale. I, but I, I love that know, their just, leader knows yeah. that it's going on. I, and again, I just, I those with, like, that join with the fleets, 
do they, they really ever come back? Yeah, yeah, oh. exactly. So that's why I'm feeling like, okay, to be a leader, you can't be this stupid and naive to really think that they're gods. Yeah. No. You know? And so but, I love that she doesn't But we have we have a majority gods. of this population that, Because you know, they're, they're isolated. Isolated. The gods descend, take them to Avalon, and none of the yeah. rest of the creatures, yeah. none of the rest of the Obsidians Asgard, ever Asgard. see them again. Yeah. Avalon, Asgard, yeah. pick, pick uh, a, it doesn't matter. Pick, yeah, your, anyway, pick uh, your diet uh, a Nirvana. Ch- chapter 32, <laughs> No Man's Land, Sefi brings them to Asgard by way of Griffin. Yep. Uh, Darrow seeks her help and she agrees. Um, but D suspects that she had already um, suspected her mother's own duplicity. That she, like, Sefi kind of knew. Like, Which is funny. Right. Sefi never talks. She had taken a vow of silence. Took a vow of silence. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's she, able to portray she all of this. She knows the way. Yeah, we're in 32, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. I love this uh, description as they go up this primeval kind of Nordic landscape. Like, in a movie, visually, this would be stunning. Mm-hmm. But I can't help as they go over this giant ice bridge with all these spires and they go into this temple that says it's a giant screaming face. I just see Castle Grayskull. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I didn't eat. See, I saw the like, head of the Night King. Oh, okay. From Game of Thrones. Okay. Where it's just yeah, <laughs> man. I just man. There's just so. That's probably what he's going this, for this, more this than Grey Skull. But I felt like the, the the Obsidian culture was so rich and so well explained. No, I could spend more time. I just I I can't I can't picture it correctly. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, man. We, let's just <laughs> Red Rising Book Four and ha- hanging out with Obsidians. I did. No. I, but did anybody cribs? Did, did any? Did okay. any of the you ice find jarring? Did, like the, the ice bridge was, was so we, cool. The yeah. ice bridge for me was a weird bastardization of Bifrost. Bifrost. Yeah, I, I agree. Oh, um, did any of you find this jarring? Yeah. Because what you just said, Luke, is kind of like my feelings. I didn't really want to go into them, but I love. I'm with you. I love this, but it almost in some ways feels like a, a universe separate to itself. But I, I feel like you know what I'm saying. Like it almost doesn't well fit that it's like it's the early days of the golds where they just have all this time and money and technology to make this yep. just look ludicrous. Yeah. A floating black mountain with like stairs that came down and met right. the rest of the right. earth. And this like, is where I think a movie would lend itself very well to this or, or whatever, something yeah, because visually a CGI movie like because kind of visually know. <laughs> you know, you know that's what exactly what I was thinking was like black it was like black snowy avatar. Because yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. you know what, what happens to me sometimes is we read this stuff and I know that we're going for we're future and this is like ancient Rome and they're wearing armor that is reminiscent of Roman armor so everything would fit you'd have this Nordic culture that's ancient looking but futuristic kind of you'd have this gold culture that's ancient Roman but but then we just got done with this entire part where it felt like 007 and we've been and I'm back in splinter cell mode and then also we're Dump back into Nordic culture. Yeah. Splint, and, splinter, you know, cell, and splinter cell in space. In space. And then all of a sudden we're using axes. So I have trouble sometimes constantly maintaining in my mind the like, but it's kind of got an ancient feel to it. Yeah. You know, so sometimes this pops off the pages being like, wow, this is odd, but it's cool. I, I'm with you. It's cool. But it sometimes comes off as weird. They, they get up there of a, a violet man playing the part of a priest. Uh, answers them. Um, Sefi presents Daryl's razor, um, but he's cut off from all communications because of Quicksilver's hacking. Woo! So he has no idea what's going on, <laughs> which I like. Uh, yeah, super guy. And then kind of it goes right into chapter thirty-three. Gods and men. Um, they're bought. They're, they are brought before the gods, Freya and Loki. Yeah. 
two golds in costumes. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, they ask to see the weapon of the gods. Well, it turns out Loki is Proctor Mercury. Oh, so good. <laughs> so Come good. back. We're yeah. coming back. Hey. They, yep. they, uh, tra- and it's, you know, what he just like straight up decapitates Freya, yeah. shucks his razor into uh, Loki, and it's like, it's described really well that it, like, it pauses quickly as it hits his ion shield. I can't remember what they're called. Yeah. Uh, pulse field. Yeah. Pulse field. Pulse armor. Pulse armor. Yeah. Pauses quickly, but the momentum too much just into his, into his chest. He falls over, but he's still like gurgling, breathing. And yeah. I love this. The line. He just killed gods. Yeah. He just killed gods. Proctor Mercury is the unluckiest gold I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I just had the, oh. I, I did have the moment here of just. Beauty gods. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, exactly. I was more thinking that's the worst pirate I've ever seen. Or you're the worst pirate I've ever heard of, which you have heard of me. <laughs> so, um, into chapter 34, uh, God Killers? Real, real quick, the, the last, there's, there's a line at, towards the end of 33 treason is a matter of the date. Mustang says. Mm. Which is a great line. Oh, that's so good. So good. Okay, anyway, chapter 34. God, God killers. killers. We go, yeah, we're just going to skip killing or murdering everybody in Asgard because, you know what, you know we're that good. <laughs> yeah. Um, they fly back to the spires. Uh, Darrow should five prisoners. Darrow is dressed in the armor of Odin, which I like, and yes. Mustang is Freya. Which is a, which was, how weird was that armory? Or yeah. that costume room? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, we got Odin over here. Okay, look, he's got blood on it. Um, yeah, so I, I kept waiting for them to like keep going down the line. Dibs on Thor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sefi ends up being Tyr, which is a great metal band from the Faroe Islands. If she would look up. She wears the uh, the the armor of Tyr. Sefi. Oh, Sefi. Yeah, Sefi does. Yeah, yeah. You said Sefi. I heard Alaya. No, okay. Um, yeah, Elia. They they come in. They're like, "Hey, this is what's going on." Elia and her what her uh, uh, shaman. Yeah, are like, "No, this is the way it's gonna go." Blah blah blah. She straight up decapitates. Yeah, just whoosh, you're done. <laughs> well, and this was a great this was a great setup in here too of Sefi coming in to battle her mother, or Sefi coming in in the armor of Tyr, since Tyr is the Norse goddess of truth and justice. Yes, Ooh. which I like. Yep. Yep, yep. Very good. Sefi speaks for the first time in 25 years. <laughs> and I so wanted it to be bold. But it's not, because yeah. her voice. Her I guess voice. her voice yeah, isn't as whatever. But she has a great axe named Throgmir. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. She opens the uh, the war chest that hasn't been opened um, you know, forever. Um and she rallies the obsidians to go to war for the golds. Asgard has fallen. And at the end, we hit the line, just what have we unleashed? Uh, I was going to turn to that, yeah. I wrote it down. Yeah, I love it. So and again, like, with, I mean, really, I mean, they, they locked them up here for a reason. And with, with yeah. it, within, yeah. a, within a culture here, too, that is, you know, based on Norse culture, that it's based on, you know, Odin, who is the all-father, yep. and run by women who are the all-mothers, and mm. Seth, Sefi just walked in and killed her mother. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Well, and, with, and they're not ready with, for this in a lot of ways. Yeah. You are, you're releasing them because you need them on your side, but they're a culture who have believed these are all gods, and they've just realized it now. Yeah. Yes. Oh, they're not controllable. They're, 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 you know, I mean, at, at this point, this is, this is, yeah, what have we unleashed? Again, though, going back to what we've seen of obsidians before mm-hmm. they better do something because if it's like the obsidians we've seen before oh well, I'm not too worried <laughs> again I hate saying it that way because every single time it's been oh mm-hmm. oh there's like six peerless scarred obsidians 
or stained, sorry, stained Same. obsidians, and they're dead. So something had better happen with them. But yeah, again, right. they feel what happens? Better. What happens when you take the chains off the dragon? True. Well, they kind of have been off the dragon. I mean, they, they, when they fight in regular battle, they're not being limited in any no, way. But, 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 but they're still yeah. being chained by they're still being chained by the society. They're still well, being their belief in, system, yeah. I guess. But in and war, chain, they're not. And, and, no, but in war, they are because they're still under this this mantle of the golds. I suppose and this but mantle of, of weapons the they use, I guess. Yeah, well, exactly. And, but, but still this mantle of the golds, and yes, they are allowed to kill golds, but those are the bad golds. I can't yeah. go after They're my own They're kind golds. of killing gods, I guess. I can't go after my own golds. It, I guess it begs the question, what do, Where, what do what, obsidians really think once they get into space and are are working under golds and killing golds? And I mean, you would think these guys must know now this is all fake. Well... Hopefully we'll find out in parts three or four. By the sounds of it, no, we won't. But or we are hiding things because two people haven't finished reading the book yet. <laughs> yeah, well, he's not hiding things very well. That, uh, yes. That, well, I well there might be a reason. So before for we have, <laughs> I think you need another. Before we have any more spoilers going on here, before we have any we more. Haven't said yeah. any for Luke and my for Luke and my heart. <laughs> no, Neil, at Neil, this point, Marcy, you guys haven't said anything, and Neil, you've been very good. <laughs> yeah, not me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, at any rate, that is the end of part two, Rage, moving into part three, Glory, which we will get to in episode 12. Yeah. Oh, we've already done 12 of these. That's amazing. Well, we've done 11. We're going into 12 here. Well, I, we've done more than that because well, the bonus yes. episodes we don't have to add. At any rate. Yeah. Hey, and by all means, thank you if for joining you, us. Thank you for joining us. If you like what we've said, if you don't like what we've said, if you want to argue with us, by all means, let's, yeah. all, have a, let's all have a nice, respectful adult argument online. Or you Wait, oh, can you do oh, that? Can you, can you have that? I don't know. I've hit us up, yeah, hit us, hit us up on the Facebook. <laughs> hit us up on the Twitters. Reddit. <laughs> the? What are you, like 80 years old? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go use the Google. What's the past sense of tweet? Uh, <laughs> look us up on AOL. Keyword <laughs> uh, Dungeons and Dweebs. That's, that's more than messenger. <laughs> um, yeah, hey, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, Man, this has been just a load of fun. But yeah. we've got a tab to settle up. Um, I don't know. I I think that the, I think it's Bob's turn finally because he's been mooching off of everything. I have thing been we've mooching had. a lot. Okay, guys. I guess notice this. My get... wife gave me a little bit of money before I left. All right. Oh, oh that was so that funny. bulge in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, hey, hun, come over here. We got another round going. All right, hey, why don't you take these? I know they're shroop bucks. I don't know what the conversion is to uh, galactic credits. <laughs> hey, come on over. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dungeons and Dweebs. There's even more adventuring to be had at our website, dungeonsanddweebs.com. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at dungeonsanddweebspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find Dungeons and Dweebs on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Find all those links at DungeonsAndDweebs.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. The music for Dungeons and Dweebs is Fatal Fight by Royalty Free Kings and can be found on their website, RoyaltyFreeKings.com. Dungeons and Dweebs is a Tim Gilbert Media production, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. And no part of this show can be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the express written permission of Tim Gilbert Media. 